If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here he is, the man for whom we give thanks, Derek McCaw. You pronounced it with a Z. McCaw. It's usually silent, but it's there. Uh, This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And we are podcasting the night before Thanksgiving. Biggest party night of the year. Is it? It is. That's what they say. All oh. the kids come out. So now you can hear who our special guest is, a special guest panelist, because he's not just going to sit here and talk about where he's comfortable. No, no, no. Yeah. We're going to make you totally geek out. Our special guest tonight, sitting in from uh, for our man in Los Angeles, Nate Costa, who could not join us because he's on the road, we've got the San Jose Mercury News' own Sal Pizarro. Excellent. Welcome back, Sal. Always a pleasure having you on. And, of course, across from me, podcast producer and a man who is having problems with singulars and plurals. The singular Rick Brett Snyder. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I'd be in the multiverse. Can you imagine all the alternate Ricks? We crisis get, on alternate Brett Snyders. We do get together every now and then, but there's rarely a crisis. We're pretty much of one mind. And the internet shuddered. All right, so we got some comics news, we got some movie news, we got some TV news, and tonight is our annual gift guide. I call it informal, uh, and and Sal's looking at me puzzled. No, I'm not puzzled at all. I'm excited because... I need to still buy some gifts and also okay. give a list to some We've got people. some stuff for Hopefully you. we'll be so, helping. Yes. So we have our gift guide tonight. But first, we wanted to, we've been... Uh, as we had mentioned in last podcast, we had a couple weeks off. There were uh, <laughs> crisis on infinite Derek's, really, uh, and so um, we kind of skipped. Almost have lost the window on Spectre, but we had promised the last time we had you on. Once Spectre came out, the new James Bond movie, that just in case and anybody doesn't know, and we'd actually seen it, <laughs> and we've actually seen it now. All of us have is to is to talk about it in in light of the larger thing. But of course, there's been some, I should say, now yeah, I'll say controversy over over it, and we can turn it into a larger topic tonight, which is by now, if you're not if you're uh, listening to this and have not seen Spectre. You probably we're we're just going to spoil a thing yeah. that's not a spoil yeah. spoiler because this is the issue. This has become a modern th- uh, a modern movie storytelling issue, which is the spoilers that aren't spoilers, the twists that aren't really twists. That filmmakers and that don't have, need to be twists, right? That have lied to us for months. These filmmakers saying no, 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 that's not who this is, and and then of course it is. So um, first of all, well, how our, did you feel about okay. watching the film? Well, I liked the movie. You know, I think for everybody who who complained about uh, Skyfall and said, well, it's a good movie, but not a good Bond movie. Well, this was perhaps a better Bond movie, but maybe not as good of a movie. Hmm. Um, I think it's a good distinction. I, I really do. F- it had a, a lot more of the familiar Bond tropes. All the elements. And the weird thing is people I watched it with said, oh, I didn't like that part. I said, really? Because that happened in The Spy Who Loved Me. And, you know, it's a. Uh, I'll give you the example. They said, well, he gets into this fight on this train, and it's a huge fight. And the next thing you know, 
they're going at it with the he's going at it with the girl. And I said, well, that happened in The Spy Who Loved Me, too. And nobody cared when Roger Moore did that. But for some reason, it seems odd it's, for Daniel Craig. Well, it is a different time. And that is the, you know, actually, I felt in the last time you were on, we talked talked about this, how that what I would I wanted Bond to do was just go all out and be a 60s movie again. Right. It is one of those. And this felt like it was they were trying very hard to graft the 60s attitude onto what they had established with the modern era to kind of bring him back full circle. This is the this is the Bond trilogy that became a tetralogy that was basically James Bond year one. And what it really showed is how difficult it is to do that, to take those in things from the 60s society. and 70s yeah. and just put them in this framework. It is a very primal thing, the association between violence and sex and the idea that the caveman goes out, brings brings the antelope that he slaughtered with his own hand and then takes his woman. You know, it's it's and that happens in novel after novel and uh, not the caveman stuff, but I'm reading Reem D right now and it just happened. That was just, that was Gronk Bond, right? Gronk that Bond. was the yeah, the, uh, <laughs> Gronk, the Neanderthal Gronk Bond on his majesty's secret stone uh but, so, but then yeah. so but we want to get into the 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 twist that wasn't a twist right, right? so you said uh, yes this was a plot thing where where bond was always one step ahead of the audience as much as i was enjoying it i spent a lot of time watching it going wait a minute this is clearly of significance to him yeah but not to anybody else and i thought did i miss a clue was i no, I wasn't playing a, a game on my cell phone at the time because they would have taken it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it was like I, I felt like, did I not? I don't do that anymore. I, I, I've got a CPAP machine. I don't not off at movies. I kept feeling like I had missed something because or that I had forgotten some clue from Skyfall because it was so clear when they were bringing things back from all three previous movies of Daniel Craig's films. You know, that there was that. And then it's yes, we get. Um, mm-hmm. No, no, Oberfelder, right. Hans, Hans Ober, Franz Oberhauser, Oberhauser. All right, whatever. Franz. We changed that name to Ernst Stavros Blofeld, Blofeld. and mm-hmm. it's my mother's bloodline. <laughs> yes, uh, I was like, why hide it? What, you know, I, it was no surprise. It's what. And and where the controversy was, this was exactly Star Trek into darkness all right. over again. Yeah. Where the only people that care about who Blofeld is, even at this point, are us. Exactly. I mean, right. Bond doesn't know. <laughs> There's no like, <gasps> you're Blofeld, the name I've never heard before. <laughs> now, I'll throw, I'll throw in an interesting little trivia tidbit. Is that, so, Donald Pleasance plays Blofeld in You Only Live Twice. Yes. Right. And he has a scar, which we see show up. Right. Yes. In Inspector. He gets a scar, Inspector. But when Donald Pleasance says... My name is Ernst Stavro Blofeld. That is the first time Blofeld's name is mentioned in the entire Bond series. Even uh, though he'd had three other appearances. Right, His name's in the mysterious. credits right. of From Russia With Love. But nobody ever says Blofeld. They call him number one. Because they didn't have a face. Right. 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 And, that, and they call him number one. And that's why uh, um, Gold, uh, uh, number Austin two, Powers right. had number two. Right. right. But, but until he only had twice, nobody had said Blofeld. So even at that point, cat. Bond didn't know, you know. Well, yeah. Who are right, you? Well, Donald I'm Blofeld. So, so there's a little parallel and these, there, these too. These are the origin movies, and I, and I also didn't need – I'll say – and I, I'm, it's made. I'm fine. And, when, and if they give Daniel Craig that mythical boatload of money that brings it back for five, for a fifth film, I'll be happy. Yeah. But it, this is like Wolverine Origins as well. It was like a little starting to become a little bit um, Santa Claus is coming to town-ish in, oh, so that's how Blofeld got his scar. Yes, Carrie. 
that's how Blofeld <laughs> got his scar. You know, <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're, was, stri- they're stripping away a little bit of the mystery. Uh, and yeah, but, but, and that's modern storytelling that's, that's is that no, we yeah. is we can't we can't leave any backstory up to anybody's imagination that you suddenly have to make the and the thing is by making them brothers or foster or brothers whatever you know yeah. what they've actually done was they went full circle to the spy who shagged me yes. uh, or gold gold right. member right. gold right. member because right. that's where the revelation right. comes of dr evil and austin powers are are, are brothers and it's like what? That was a parody. Like, you parodied the parody and went back. <laughs> well, we liked it so much, we decided to do it ourselves. But yeah. it's... Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I like that. Now, now, before we get into the why you shouldn't even do this, I think the better twist would have been, say from the beginning, he's Blofeld. You know, it's like, hey, we have Christoph Waltz playing Blofeld. They never hid that back in the 60s and 70s. No, no. You know, they said, yes, we knew Telly Savalas was You know why? Be because there wasn't a Facebook. If there had been a Facebook, <laughs> if there had been social media and... Sites like Fanboy Planet, they they would have hit it hidden. Well, they still. I mean, there were still people who would go to the movie and had not read anything about it. Right, 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 right. There's nothing. Yeah, but, but if they <laughs> there still know, are. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it might have worked. It might have worked if they hadn't called the movie Spectre. <laughs> you know, right? If they'd called it something else, then great. Maybe yeah. you can get away with not saying it's Blofeld, but they call it Spectre. You know, he's going to be Blofeld to so say. He's Blofeld, and have the twist be that Buffon thinks he's after Blofeld and then realizes, oh, wait, you're Franz Oberhauser, who I grew up with. Right. And that's the It would have been a better way of doing it. I still would have been bothered by the Franz Oberhauser, who I grew up with, because we've never had a mention of it before. We've yeah. never had the well, foster family. Yeah, situation. you know, it, it, it's again. I've always, you know, of course, it's one of those things. Is like when uh, my friend Drew Simchik tells, who's been watching Doctor Who for decades, uh, you know, says you got to remember that like the continuity was layered on out of necessity, and the same thing happens in the novels. Mm-hmm. That what little you know of Bond's background shifts and changes. Uh, you know, Fleming changed changed Bond's background because he liked Sean Connery. So. Right. They kind of he kind of backpedaled away from that Hoagie Carmichael comparison and the orphan thing was that you know these things were just and, and Bond's history out. I mean Bond Fleming didn't realize he was going to be writing these novels for twelve years oh, and they so big. and so Bond yeah so he got he kept him unnaturally young and he had to keep shifting you right know, in Casino Royale Bond talks about you know what he was doing before the war he has the Fantastic Four problem but right. by the time he gets right. to the sixties it's like eh, I'm which is thank God Fox him. didn't get a hold of this franchise <laughs> <laughs> they might though. Sony's gigs up, yeah. So yeah, but uh, but so it, so it made no sense to actually do this. And after they did it with Star Trek Two, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, Star Trek right. into, into Darkness. darkness uh, it more than made. I mean, they saw the. They must have seen the backlash from that. They must have known, right? That and J.J. Abrams certainly has, because J.J. Abrams has been giving interviews left and right now, admitting that he didn't. He wasn't comfortable with Star Trek Into Darkness's plot either. I'm like, really? Now? Yeah. Uh, that's that's nice. And uh, then and then you follow and then you follow up and say, yeah, we'll tell you comfortable about. You know, if, if Fox had listened to us, yes, it might have been at least the mediocre four instead of the terrible four. <laughs> <laughs> and then you say, JJ, so so who's that under Kylo Ren's uh, mask? Who's uh, that? Yeah. No, it's not going to be. Uh, Let's not go there. We'll get. Actually, we'll get. <laughs> my big problem with Spectre is I. Uh, do you really build your master bad guy lair 
in a situation where a couple of bullets can t- make the whole thing blow up. <laughs> I, I I really had a little trouble with that. Okay, let's. Oh, what are we going to? Where are we going to store all this really flammable explosive gas? Let's put it right next to the main headquarters. That's that's fine. And this is the second movie of Daniel Craig where he's been able to blow up the, wherever the villain is hanging out right. using some sort of crazy gas that should not be hanging out there. Right. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was restrained, you know. Like I wanted the over the top, and it was like they put all the over the top situations in place, and then play, and then underplayed and them. And then all. underplayed them. Even even the opening. You're at the, you're at the day of the dead festivities in Mexico City, which is the most underpopulated version of Mexico City ever captured on film. And <laughs> you know, like you can walk there, really. It's easier to get around Mexico City in right. the middle of a festival than it is to get through San Diego Comic Con, uh, which okay, maybe maybe that's not a fair comparison because that is insane. Uh, but Disneyland, uh, you know, I don't know. It just that was a pretty tracking shot, though. Oh, it was beautiful. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. It just everything felt so muted. And then, like, even when you hire Christoph Waltz, it's like there's potential for an amazing over-the-top performance. Right. And instead, he's just sort of underplaying every line. I thought, it's a very controlled performance. That's interesting because you're almost trying to make Blofeld realistic. But that's not what I want out of Blofeld. You don't want realistic Blofeld. You want crazy Blofeld. Well, yeah, but it's the, it's the understated. It's, my voice isn't, isn't, uh, isn't betraying what my actions are going to be because that was a pretty awful torture device that he had where he's just he's explaining what's going to happen and he hits the keyboard a little bit and oh. then everything comes down and buzzes into his head oh that was and, that was that was very uh, that was effective yeah. i you know and, and, and there are moments and, he, and for he's it. being incredibly clear and you've read that that's that's taken directly from colonel sun yes it's the first time okay. they actually really and they gave and they gave the kingsley almas credit mm-hmm. story credit or they thanked the estate of kingsley almas at the oh. end yeah so uh yeah I, it, the oh. cat the cat was a nice touch though it was. yeah <laughs> The moment I saw the cat, I said, "Ah, oh, there we are." And the now, entire audience. And this is what I'm saying: it's like right. not surprising because even at this point, the entire audience at least knows what the cat represents. They should have named the cat Blofeld. <laughs> we named a cat Blofeld. <laughs> what was the? Uh, uh, it's cats versus. That's great because that's Sean Connery. Dogs, dogs versus cats. It, it, it's and, cats. And, it's cats and dog. Cats versus dogs. Cats versus dogs. And it, uh, is that Mr. Tinkles? Yeah. Uh, is the is the is the cat? Yeah, you know. I mean, uh, but but yeah, they should. That, I that would, would have that enjoyed would have it a, if the cat if, talked and if, said that. I have the secret mastermind. Yeah. Yes, exactly. This is my cat Blofeld. Yeah, yeah stop talking to the dummy. I'm and that here. goes back to Doctor No, because in one version of the Doctor No screenplay, Doctor No is supposed to be the villain's pet monkey. Serious? Wow. They didn't film that one. Oh, that's no. good. <laughs> Although, again, I would totally. I would totally go for a movie like that where the where the pet was revealed to be the master. And ooh, that's well, kind of like the uh, what's the Star Trek episode where it's uh, it's the, the the alien that they're the Corbomite maneuver, Corbomite maneuver, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Where he's a little uh, is the the dummy is is revealed. It's Clint Howard, right? Yeah. As, a, as a kid, going, oh, Would I you help like you with his freaky little laugh. I help you relish it as much as I. I have never really enjoyed the word relish. Since I was a child, when he said it in that episode, because it was so creepy to me, because yeah. they modulated his voice a little bit too, yeah, right? I'm pretty you sure know? they did. Now, this whole sort of spoiling spoilers and trying to outthink the audience. I mean, does this really go back to the actual Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan when they were trying to keep everyone from thinking Spock was going to die? No, I think everybody knew Spock was going to die. Well, right, and then they said, "Well, there was." They said, was... "You know, he is going to die. He's going to die at the beginning." 
because the, oh right they did a fake out. well that's fine right mess me up like that that was fine yeah. because then you got it out of the way and then you stopped that expectation right you relax it's sort of like what we said about you know I, when somebody thought uh, suggested way back because we've got Civil War coming up we can talk about it that like when you put Spider-Man in Spider-Man's going to be like the end and I said no you cannot put Spider-Man in the post credits scene because then no one's paying attention to Civil War they're paying attention to when is Spider-Man going to come. Because I, I understand. You can't keep a secret. There is a certain section of the population, population you can keep a secret from. But, uh, you know, I, I, no, I shouldn't say it that way. That that movie spoilers, because, again, we're in the bubble. We're right. sitting at this table right. because right. we're all fans. Right. And there are a lot of people that go, oh, there's a new Star Wars movie? Seriously, even with all that penetration, I've encountered people saying that. Oh yeah, I guess I heard there's a new Star Wars coming, and that's all they all they know. And God bless them. I well, wish I was people, in their camp right people now. People who don't have televisions, you know, they, right? They don't don't watch TV or mail or anything because boy, the saturation on they that movie catalogs has been scary. It has been yeah. scary. It has been, but but you know, I mean, that's it's still like my. Idea is that you can you can keep some, some of a secret, but things like Bond and Blofeld now are almost so iconic that what's the that what's the point in hiding it when you you know it, it's like saying like doing a Tarzan movie and say, but we're not going to reveal the apes. You know, it's like we know everybody's grown up with a version of it, and that's the same thing with Bond. Right, right. It's like saying, "Oh, there's gonna like you're gonna make a Batman movie and have a secret reveal that he's really millionaire Playboy, Bruce, well, billionaire now, billionaire Playboy Bruce Wayne." You know, I mean, it's like no, everybody knows that, and and, yeah. and but they did kind of do better. it in the Tim Burton Batman, but that was okay. It was a different thing yeah, because was- because what I loved about the Tim Burton Batman was it delivered. On what you were there to see right up front. Yes. I can remember sitting there and watching that when he slowly lowers in the background and Johnny God doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, you know, it is you're just like and you see him go down, it's like, Yes, that's this is what I want. Batman. This is this is like the Tim Curry entrance in Rocky Horror, you right, know? Right. He's like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and and that and that iconic that opening scene is fantastic for Batman because it gave you Batman yes. and now you can tell the story. Right. And you got it out of the way. Right. And 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 I think Captain America Civil War probably should have Spider-Man show up really near the beginning just so that people can go, okay, now I can move on. It's like, Annie, is it Annie Hall where Woody Allen says on the first date, let's just kiss and get it out of the way now <laughs> so we know, like right at the beginning. I'm like, yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I want. Give me, give me Blofeld up front. The other thing I thought was you got to have these touch points because the movie that opened the same weekend that I saw then – Peanuts movie? It was the Peanuts movie. It was like a greatest hits of Peanuts. And they were under very strict rules. Schultz's sons were involved or grandsons. I'm not sure which which layer. Um, Nothing new. There was something new, and that's what I actually liked about the movie. They give backstory. They explain the sop with Camel and the Red Baron thing. I'm like, I didn't need backstory as to why that's happening. Snoopy's just imaginative. But then you have every aspect of Snoopy's doghouse is played out. You've got the little redhead girl. Uh, it's winter, but they find an excuse to give the kite eating tree a can. So like everything's there, and and you kind of have to for those fans to go, oh good, it's the pe-, because you're going into a new animation style, right? And you say, okay, it's still peanuts. The adults could go, this is peanuts. But where it really, really was cool was they added for Snoopy's fantasy life a Mission Impossible layer, and that was the part that started making me laugh 
hysterically because every time they say something uncomfortable or or some secret's about to come up, Snoopy appears out of rises out of nowhere and goes <laughs> like a spy and then sinks down but he did the whole you know d- <laughs> dangling from the dangling wire thing yeah. and they don't play the music with it but that they were giving this new spy level to him and it's like yeah give me something new but right. they were they did have restrictions like Charlie Brown can't win you know the estate basically said he can't kick the football he can't do this you know I thought, right. but it gave every it, it was something for everybody who was a Peanuts fan and I, I was really surprised at how well that movie worked but Opening at the same weekend as Spectre going like, yeah, we're both doing, you know, it's this nostalgia run. It's this victory lap of what the last Pierce Brosnan movie was full of references back oh, yeah. to old Bond films. This one was too, but it was subtle. It, it, these were very nice callbacks. These were callbacks for mm-hmm. the fans to recognize instead of, you know, having someone sit in the audience and go, was that, was that, was that something? Was that something? You know, yeah. it's just subtle. Down to Dave Bautista having a name. Uh, he's Hinks. Yeah, so it's Jinx, so he's Halle Berry, um, but he's Odd Job, you know, and and it's pretty much yeah. I he's mean, Odd Job. He's he's Jaws. He's instead yeah. of metal teeth, yeah. he's got metal fingernails. Yeah, you yeah. know. So it, those were nice callbacks. It was a pleasant movie. It was a comfort food of a of a James Bond film. I would agree with you. And I, then it's brought it back to where I wanted it to be. I mean, like I like Casino Royale. I like those deviations, but it's like Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Great film. Love it. It's a nice deviation from the formula, but you got to get back to the formula a little bit. But it does it does for the I say every three or four films could do something different. for this for this most recent reboot of the series. It does end cap. Should there not be another movie in this this block? Yeah, it does end cap it nicely. It does it does kind of take him full. You know, well, full no, it sets the stage because Casino Royale is very clearly a new right Bond and a, not as experienced and, right. You know. And so this gets him to. This is the bond that if you started the whole series over, you could loop back to Doctor No. Yeah. Because everything's in place. Well, and but speaking of like the way we're modern storytelling compared to what they were doing in the 60s, you know, exactly at this point that we have a four-filled contained story now. Yes. That we didn't have before. And it's much like, uh, you know, uh, the Batman Begins Dark Knight yeah, right. trilogy where you can say this is this version of Bond. Yes. And this is a discrete tale that brings him from one end to another. And then he goes off into the distance and perhaps we start again. And I realized, wow, they pretty much did the same thing with Pierce Brosnan. You could look at that. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Those four movies as being yeah. his bond. It's more believable that a spy would go through these four incredible cases and not die than 30. <laughs> well, then going to that theory that, uh, that, the, that James Bond itself is... I hate it's that theory. title. Hate that theory. Oh, I hate that theory. No, what? I do too. James Bond is that that each one has been a, that each James Bond block we've seen has been literally a different man, and then a new a new person not only becomes Double O Seven but becomes James right. Bond. So pass, which is in the Woody Allen Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is probably why I hate that theory. <laughs> Love that movie though. What a mess! What a delightful mess! You know, isn't there another? There's another series that does that. Or at least pretend to be the uh, Dark Knight trilogy. No, uh, <laughs> uh, it's another spy novel. But they could go so many places from the way this movie ended. They could bring uh, Blofeld back. They could have, which they should. And then what I'd like to see, I want to see Christoph Waltz once play the boat Blofeld. I want. 
who is the Blofeld you want? I want <laughs> <He> Sal. <laughs> he said like Adam West. I want the Blofeld. Who is over the top and wearing the narrow jacket, which he did. It's now Adam West versus William Shatner. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and to just be com- enjoying it. I, I did read a criticism that said, like, you know, he seemed to be having more fun in the Green Hornet. And actually that, you know, that villain would have fit well, which I think is the Green Hornet is underrated and people can throw their brickbats at me. But despite the fact that it's very foul-mouthed, you know, as as far as a true like year one of a character that you know that movie is, and the problem is nobody knew what to expect because Green Hornet's character everybody sort of knows the yeah. name, and that's it. They don't really right. know anything about it. You, you really, they don't know Cato. You can't do a year one of a character you've never seen before. But that's the problem. Is like you. But, but this thing is, you'd never seen a year one. Right. He was always fully formed. You watched right. even that TV series. He was already practicing. So Christoph Waltz as the villain, like being upset that it's not enough to be just mean anymore you have to have a name and a, you know you have to have a color and you know it's like it's fun it's it's, it's clever it's creative and unfortunately they didn't get to make the green hornet movie that would have followed that that would have been the one everybody wanted we need to move on because we, we have a lot of stuff to <laughs> we've got a gift guide tonight let's, let's so get on let's tell let's tell sal what he should give people this do you want to go back Christmas. and forth or you want to go all the way through yours and i'll go through um i think I, I i'll open with something to just say uh this is the elegiac place that i'm in right now and i don't mean to to say that first off is really as a gift guide things that might be worthwhile i just want to point out a couple is if you're a comic book fan maybe consider some of the charities associated with uh with the nonprofits associated with comics fandom right now the comic book legal defense fund maybe buy someone a membership uh i was very excited this year to finally if you have yeah to, to finally get a card uh, they misspelled my name. Uh, oh. I went back to being McCain. I wrote them an email and just said, next year when I renew, please, please let me have my name spelled right because I'm so happy to finally be able to join and 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 support what I think is what Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, for those who don't know, uh, is an organization that pays the legal fees for people who uh, – for censorship battles, basically, that often comic book store owners get accused in certain places that they're selling pornography when they're not. Um, you know, that right. if someone takes offense, if a creator does something that is kind of offensive, but they also help in like libraries that get sued by the community for having books that they that the community wants to ban and helps pay for their legal fees and basically is you know, I again, this country is great. It's built on free speech. This country, by the way, if you're listening from outside of the United States, is the United States. Um, your country may be great too, but but one of the things I love about this country truly is the free speech. And and there are people that want to ban books that I, I go, oh, I get why. I don't like that book either. But, but it's very important yeah. that everybody get to have their say and that that literature be, you know, be available. Um, and, and that a, a, a comic book store owner does his best to make sure that the right stuff gets in the hands of the right people, but meaning that kids don't get things that are above their heads, you know. So you can go to their site and buy a membership for somebody else. Yes. And you can have, a, a, what, will they get a card or something? They get Christmas? a card. I, I got, There's a card. There's, a, you know, you get a nice membership card. It's actually a pretty neat card. I wish I should have my name spelled right. And, uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, <coughs> And you get there was a couple stickers, and then of course you know you, then you get access to like well as as we know now you go to a convention if they're there there's like a the mixer party. there's a fun mixer that you have access to for a little bit it's a less of a donation if you're already a member so it's and like you, you get know, to rub shoulders with with some pretty cool cool, cool professionals and so. I I may have missed this what, what what's a membership run 
Uh, there are varying levels. Yeah. It's you can I think you can go as low as thirty dollars. Huh? So it's pretty you know it's pretty reasonable. Um, you know, and of course I would also say uh, I'm also going to throw out there things like you know consider picking up something for Toys for Tots. Consider picking up something for Second Harvest Food Bank. That's what's local to us, but I'm sure there are others yeah. around. Uh, Your local food bank. I, you know, I, I got a little sad. Listening, I was driving over, and, and I, I'll confess this now: for two weeks, I've been listening to the Sirius XM Christmas radio station, uh-huh. and there was a Mills Brothers song about you don't have to be Santa Claus, and it was about feeding the homeless and giving. And I thought, oh, I just really hate being reminded that this problem has been around for fifty years. Yeah. You know, you listen to this old. Uh, Mills Brothers 50s song. It's 60 years, it's, 70 years. It's actually really... Okay, 2,000 years. <laughs> it's actually really easy to do that kind of stuff because you, what you do is you look for coupons for like two for one. Right. Like a two for one turkey. You go, well, I don't need two turkeys. Well, use the coupon and give one turkey to them. And I, again, assuming other stores do this, but locally for me, Safeway, you know, they have bags for 10 bucks. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, do it. Do it. And... Don't take credit. Just do it. We feel good this Christmas. I would also say the other charity associated with comics is the Hero Initiative, mm-hmm. which uh, my friend uh, Mo Heilbron is the medical advisor for that group. And the Hero Initiative takes care of medical bills and I suppose to some extent legal bills for uh, the people that kind of built this industry where the artists and writers and colorists and anybody who is a professional who's now uh, they weren't paid well. Royalties are better now, you know, so I don't think I'll have to worry in 20 years necessarily about Grant Morrison, perhaps, uh, unless Alan Moore put a curse on him. Uh, but but the people that are not Stan Lee, but who are around Stan Lee's age, you know, the people from the Golden Age and the Silver Age uh, still, you know, is taking care of them. And I said my friend Mo is the guy who uh, who takes care of you know, of making sure that they get the help, they, the medical care they need, and 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 negotiating the uh, labyrinthine um, medical system we have. You know, because if you're 70 and you drew comics for a living, you don't really necessarily. I don't too understand. Many tra- 40 pages of insurance forms. There are far too many tragic stories about. Oh yeah, some of our great comic comic creators who have not been able to take care of themselves well i think is it is it not al williamson who is he someone recently did a strip it was the guy that did the star wars comic strip uh, still alive right is it yeah yeah, that's what so he just did a strip recently about called a bottle of wine and he just like published a web comic and it was picked up around where he was just talking about how like you know the reality is he had no retirement fund he really can't draw anymore yeah um he lives in a studio apartment and he drew this about his daily life and the medication that he needs and all this. And he said, and, but, and there's not a lot of money left over for extras. Like, all he wanted was to just once in a great while be able to sit and relax in his little room and enjoy a glass of wine. And he couldn't even, you know, couldn't barely afford, afford a, a glass of wine. Yeah. You know, and so somebody, you know, thanks to the Hero Initiative picking up some of his medical bills, he was able to buy a decent bottle of wine and just you know it's like yeah when you think about all the joy he's given you know again you read books about the history of comics and and i grew up thinking that's the life man they're famous everybody (laughs) knows them and you go these guys are most of them are barely hanging on and you think about someone like bill mantlo he was in you know horrible shape but hero initiative helps out with him he had suffered the head injury years ago and you know um guy who created rocket raccoon and basically uh, has changed the 2010s of cinema history, you know, with his creation. And 
you know, he, he's barely getting by. Yeah. And so I, I think actually I do believe Marvel stepped up, Disney stepped up in his, and is giving him better royalties. But, you know, he's just got high bills. That's the reality. So I just want to suggest these things. Join, support these organizations that help support the industry, uh, the people in the industry, I shouldn't I should say, because when you say the industry, people go, well, Warner Brothers is DC, and Disney is Marvel. They're just fine. Yeah, but the people working for, that worked for them are probably okay. The people working for them now are probably, no, okay. probably okay. The, the people that, that st- built it and got to the point right. that Warner Brothers and, and, Mar- and Disney wanted those companies, they're not as well off. So, support. So now that you've, you've given us such a moving inspiring thing let's get to the let's be shallow let's, let's be shallow let's, yeah, let's absolutely be gift shallow gift okay gift. so uh all right i'll go uh, a couple of uh, well one big ticket item and then i'll throw one over to you okay is uh just because i really i, I really admire the game this is a uh, so gonna, is lego dimensions ah. because you've got the building you've got so many different franchises involved and i recommend disney infinity 2 uh, or 3 let's say disney infinity also As well. but disney infinity 3.0 because uh, this weekend uh, and i'm sure in the next couple of weeks there are tons of incredible deals if you've been holding off mm-hmm. on this I think Toys R Us ha- even has it as low as I think it's thirty for the starter pack. I've got a couple. I've got something on my list. Well, yeah, we well. all got that, you know. Yeah. So, but but Lego Dimensions. Aside from the you getting all these minifigures and these vehicles that you can build, their adventures within. Um, and I asked my son. I said, "Would you, you know, is my assumption because he's played it a lot more than I have? Is it are, is my assumption correct as far as um, kind of the puzzles?" And the challenges thrown your way in dimensions, it's a stronger game uh, mm. than than Infinity, the other Toys to Life, and and the Skylanders franchise. It's the strongest in terms of really making kids think through how to play the game. You mean like puzzles and that kind of puzzles, stuff? and it's it, but also like when you encounter when you've bought a pack, the instructions to build it. Are on as part of the game to uh, say like okay. now you need Ooh. now you know now you need this you need the the so DeLorean piecing, you get you back piecing to, stuff together in game time yes. and then you can assemble it in real time yes okay so uh, no you're actually building it as, you know as, it won't play until you have built it okay and put it's together and you put it on the portal okay and then you can put uh, unlike unlike Infinity you can put like six or seven characters at a time and one of the challenges in the game is figuring out which character is appropriate for which challenge. Okay. Okay. So you're learning to use personalities and group dynamics. And it's really, it's really an interesting game. And again, it's fun as heck with Doctor Who. We did just buy that. And though I think there's something a little wrong with the message that once you die as Capaldi, then each time you die, you cycle through a different doctor. Right. So you can be the first doctor, the second Ooh. doctor. They so don't you're speak. looking for ways to die. Luke started going, going okay, I'm going to you know, <laughs> go out in the water and drown. Boom. And then William Hartnell. And it even stops. And, and, and every time it rests, he it adjusts goes, his it does, coat. It adjusts his coat. And, you know, and it was fun to see what they did. We got up to the third doctor. Uh, you know, just cause I said, dude, you got to just play the game a little bit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> But it's fun. And then I, I know that there are people that yeah, are purists that are like, when they die. that you don't want to see Batman fight a Dalek. And I'm like, are you kidding? I waited my whole life to see that. <laughs> I didn't know I'd waited, but, uh, you know, I had. On so, a DeLorean. On a DeLorean. Yes, you can make that happen. <laughs> yes, you can. I yes, haven't, we can. I haven't gone as, as insane buying up. In, in Same with 3.0. It's like now that the sales are starting, I might pick up a, some, some more stuff. 
So we've played Back to the Future. We've played Doctor Who and the base set. I mean, but the base set includes you got Lord of the Rings, Lego Movie, and one character from each. One you get you get Gandalf, Batman, and Wild, Wild Style. Style, and and then uh, Back to the Future is Marty the DeLorean. And I can't remember. maybe it's just Marty the DeLorean. Um, oh, the hoverboard, and okay. and so but it's actually Michael J. Fox. It's actually Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Marty has the power of rocking out. So I'm waiting for the Bill and Ted option to come. Uh, you know, so it's and 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 then my son's exploring franchises. It's like, oh, you know, what's that about? What I can't believe is he hasn't because he was obsessed with Jurassic World this summer. He's been having so much fun with the rest of the game. He has not pushed me for Jurassic World. Like oh, really see one, the movie? No, he, no, he's seen the movie. Okay, he hasn't asked for the. Oh, he kit. hasn't asked for the. He kit. hasn't asked okay. for the playset because he's having so much fun with Back to the Future. Well, he's great. having so much fun with Doctor Who, and and with the basic story. So now uh, they seem. I've I've I promised myself I wasn't going to get into this this series. Partially, I think it's just PlayStation Four right now, isn't it? No, it's three. It's all three. Um, it's all of them. Yeah, damn. Uh, but the. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's ignorance to, protects you, doesn't it? It's it like does, a hard candy it shell it's of like safety. I'm trying to trying not to know anything <laughs> about this. It does seem like they're a little pricier than the. Uh, it started off that the way. Equivalent. They lowered the price okay. a little bit. I mean, compare, I was actually thinking compare. Of, let's say right now at Target, uh, an Infinity figure is about thirteen ninety nine. Not on sale. Yeah, well, okay. it's thirteen ninety nine. Yeah, okay. When it's not on sale, but again, if you're paying thirteen ninety nine at Christmas time. You you're not watching find, the ads. You can find ads there that's yeah. like two and one okay. half off. So it's about that. fifteen bucks for a set, but a set is either uh, you know is a figure and a vehicle, or okay. a figure and a weapon. Uh, like I, so I paid fifteen dollars. Uh, well, actually, no, I got it on sale, like two bucks off at Target. Was uh, Gollum and Shelob. Okay. So you know you got two figures for that price. So it, it's two items in a way that you don't get with a figure. Yes, they are smaller, but they're Legos, yeah. you know, and the, and so it's just fun to have them. But I, I just think it's a strong game. I'm really impressed with it, with, with the gameplay of it. And, cool. and it's going to go deep into the DC universe. We're going to have Lego Aquaman, man. We're going to have Lego Aquaman. It's a, it's a beautiful world. All right, go throw one out there. Okay. I'm going to, mine are a lot, mine are as deep as yours. Um, so I'm, I went through a couple of uh, graphic novel I went through all the graphic novels I had bought this year, and uh, I said, okay, the one that I would recommend as a gift for, for an adult, admitting an adult person, is the first three graphic novels in the Jessica Jones series. Mm-hmm. Especially now that the Netflix thing is out, there, yeah. it's a good companion to the to the series, yeah, yeah, and it's an excellent story, great art, and uh, you know, you early Bendis uh, writing, which was, was just really cool. So yeah, and they're not expensive. It's not too expensive. I tried to keep. I have this. Uh, I have this reputation of like really expensive stuff. So I tried to keep everything down. Right. You can go to the exceptions. website for the Amazon exclusive Phase Two Blu-ray set, but we're not going to talk about right, it tonight. Right, 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 right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, you know, I and that's fair. Uh, the next thing on my list was. Uh, was a new spin on an old favorite toy. Uh, just uh, is the Viewmaster virtual reality set. $30. I haven't yet. Okay. But I think it's a very reasonable price to get into virtual reality that, that looks that it plays both the old way with with the discs or by by downloading packages that can go onto your your phone. Your phone. Yeah. Uh, that flip in so it looks like you're using an old style you master but you're actually experiencing virtual reality so um thirty dollars from mattel 
I think a really cool, neat toy. And and the the discs that they're selling are very educational. It's geographic yeah. education, and and that's where. As much as I'm into, oh my, oh my God, gaming like is going to be amazing with London and um, Versailles. I thought, that, yeah, yeah, I think it's Versailles. Um, that I thought, you know, as much as I, I'm excited about the the gaming potential of virtual reality, the thing that really sparked it to me in the first place was the educational potential. And that's, that's part of, that's and that's why we love that's why we love Viewmaster in the first right. place. I, I I was the only reason I didn't. I didn't pick one up. I wanted to pick one up when I saw. I only I saw the disc, and I mm-hmm. they didn't have any of the the viewers. Flight viewers, um, but they've only got three sets out right now. Yeah, and I'm hoping it's successful, and I might be intrigued. But I think you can download more on your phone, okay. and that's why. And that's okay. why. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm with you. It, it's it's limited. I think it's a rollout to see if there's because, a market. Because by calling it ViewMaster, you're making it. You're appealing to the nostalgia market, and I think through the nostalgia market. The Viewmaster might seem a little quaint. Yeah. yeah. You know, I love mm-hmm. it. You yeah. Know. yeah. Somewhere in my house, I still have, like, the actual old metal one. Ooh. Like, the really old, old Viewmaster. So. My kids have a Viewmaster. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I Aren't they view- fun? They're fun. They love them. They're like, and they call them movies. They're like, Dad, watch the movie. Hey. I remember when, when before VCRs, you would get the Viewmaster slides because that was the only way to re-experience re- right. scenes, that and the right. soundtrack album. And the novelizations. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, the old Batman TV series. Yeah. You get on Viewmaster. Oh, yeah. They had one just instead of that. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever the Give a Show? Oh, Kenner Give a Show. The Projection. Yeah. <laughs> you were the most popular kid because you could play a slide three show. minutes of, of some movie on the wall in your. Oh, no. That was a different one. Give a Show was the slide projector. It was like a strip right, run right. through. But there was one. There was, there was a, one that did that film. You, you hand yeah. cranked. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, they had a they, they did a bunch of Star Wars ones too with that I think hand crank thing yeah. too. Yeah. So the next next thing is actually the most expensive thing on my list, and that is, and I really you know it's it's if you're a, into it, a shack in the Silicon Valley, the Shield Complete Collection Omnibus, which, which we, I, we talked we, about we when talked we had Keenan Michael Key. We, we talked about on the on the show before, but it's it's everything that I love. Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, that whole run. It's it's the most complete collection, and it's beautifully put together. It's a solid Marvel omnibus book, um, well worth the price. If I didn't already have pieces, yeah, you know, uh, gifted to me by Rick when he bought the new pieces, and I I sold my old pieces, <laughs> I sold my new pieces on eBay, and I actually made enough money to buy right. this outright. Okay, well, well, that's not everybody can make that deal. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go so. I, I thought I'm going to go a little old school, and I looked up to make sure that this was available um, because I just found in, in my garage the original hardcovers of the Han Solo Adventures by Brian Daly ah. that have become the Star Wars legend. So there is an omnibus edition. The original Han Solo trilogy. Yeah, you know, but they call it the Han Solo Adventures now as okay. the legends. It was it was originally, yeah, the the Further Adventures of Han Solo or yeah. something. Uh, right up in that show. When it was there. Del Rey, yeah. <laughs> so I had them all in, in, in hardcover. I just cover. recently got the got the last volume I needed for the Lando Carusian trilogy. I had those too. Those yeah. were fun. Uh, but, uh, but I think that for Episode 7... Han Solo is going to be more interesting character. Yes. And I know there's a later trilogy. That's the one called the Han Solo trilogy. Yeah. But these original ones that take place before A New Hope, mm-hmm. um, they were just so fun. Han Solo at Star's End, Han Solo's Revenge. Han so- I can't remember what the third one's called. but yeah. uh, uh, It's too much for me to walk all the way over I there. I know. Uh, well, you know, 
We're older now. Yes. And uh, you can look it up. Because we read, you know, I mean, we read the, I mean, I read these originally in middle school and I'm just so excited that I found them. They're fun books. So I can give them to my son. But I I think they'd be fun for kids to read now with Y, you know, this coveted YA audience. But if you've got a kid between 12 and 15 excited for Star Wars, um, give this. I mean, because it doesn't affect anything in the saga. Right. It's just fun with the two characters that everybody clearly loves the most out of, you know, out of the old group. So Han Solo and Chewbacca. Jar Jar and... Oh, no. (laughs) If this wasn't your home, I would tell you to leave. Uh Because you know who else's favorite character Jar Jar is? George Lucas. I thought you were going to say Drew Campbell. No, he gave it, you know, he gave an interview last week in Wired. I I know maybe it wasn't Wired, but he gave an interview last week where he said, my favorite character is Jar Jar. Of course. Yeah. Like, he's, he's trolling people. He's he's yeah he is. I think he is. <laughs> I think he is. I'm sure he is. Okay, I'm going to do two really quickly because um, one's kind of echoing your. I'm actually recommending the Disney Infinity Edition Star Wars Rise Against the Empire set, which is the Luke and Leia uh, yeah. figures and and the, the it's the most truncated and interesting distillation of the the story of the, of the because you have like. Darth Vader getting onto the ship where Han, Leia, Luke, and Chewie have already assembled as a yes. group before anything else. And so, that, I mean, that tells you how rapidly this has been pushed together. But it's a lot of fun to play, and you get to do the trench battle fight, and you, you, know, you go off. My and, son stole my copy of it, so yeah. I haven't been able so to play it. This has been, of the, of the 3.0 stuff, this has been my favorite so far. Okay, so. that's good. But you do have to have the 3.0 starter set yes, you do. to play that. So. Although, although, yes, you do. Um, so that was the quick one. And then the second one is uh, actually I'm going to stop there because the next two are actually more connected. Go. Okay. Um, the next was is, is a an edition I picked up uh, this past year that I was thrilled to get uh, right before Tomorrowland came out because I was looking for actually that prequel novel. Uh, it was I found A Study in Scarlet uh, illustrated by Gris Grimley who is huh. a really cool children's illustrator uh, kind of in the, in the vein of uh, – I wanted to say Charles Adams, but that's not who I'm thinking of. Edward Gorey. Oh, and, uh, interesting. And he's done, he did the, I think it was the Dangerous Alphabet with um, with Neil Gaiman. And so he's a really intriguing kind of child-friendly macabre audi- uh, artist. Kind of lumpy characters kind of No, thing, they're or? very, dro- they're very, um, oh, you know, thin okay. and spindly. And so he's illustrated A Study in Scarlet. So okay. I was hoping he was going to do more. I don't know if he has yet, but being. Oh, I'm thinking of Grant. Uh, being as that's yeah. a being as that's a great um, entryway to both both to Chris Grimley's art and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, w- what a great gift to give. You know, it's 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 a very colorful addition to and look a great at. Introduction and, to do an illustrated book to a classic character. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend that. A Study in Scarlet, illustrated by Chris Grimley. So. Cool. Uh, my next next one is the Walt Disney Animation Studios Short Films Collection. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, the list here is just astonishing. John Henry, which I'd never seen before, and I watched it. I don't think it had been on any other discs. I thought it was a marvelous. I mean, for yeah. for such a dark story, really dark. John I Henry vaguely recall a, seeing it somewhere, and yeah. I can't remember where I had seen it. It almost has an unfinished styleness uh, to its, its style. It's, it's experimental. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo, The Little Match Girl, which was oh, beautiful. The Little Match Girl is heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Um, how to hook Beauty up, and the Beast. How to Hook Up edition. Your Home Theater with Goofy. Yes, remember that. Tick Tock Tale, Prep Landing, Operation Secret Santa, 
The Ballad of Nessie, Tangled Ever After, Paper Man, which, uh, didn't that win an Oscar? Yes. And Get a Horse, which is the, the Mickey the, Mouse Mi- one. Mickey oh, Mouse God, one. That was beautiful. Feast and Frozen Fe- Fever, all on one disc. Yeah, it's a great collection. Yeah. yeah. And when you on top of that, when you buy these Disney Disney discs now, you can get the you can get the code to get the digital version and then you can put it Disney on your anywhere. device. Disney anywhere. I happen to have that. And these are perfect to have on your device to just like while away five minutes. Disney movies anywhere. Would it stun you to know that I've actually used this app on an airplane with my new job? It I like downloaded it. It's like I haven't watched Hercules in a while. There I you have go. Hercules. So I downloaded Hercules and watched it on a plane. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I did Big, Big Hero 6 on two legs of a flight. Yeah. So there um, you go. But a companion with that, which I think is just, uh, I mean, it's funny because this has the um this set the following set has the reputation of being more hearts and heartstrings but i think the disney selection did it more for me emotionally as far as the gamut but there are two sets of pixar shorts Mm -hmm. it's like the complete history i think they're coming out with a third volume as well um but the Pixar short film collections are available as well. Yes. And it goes all the way back to when they were first like right, Steve Jobs right. and all that stuff. So, um, so, but I, I actually would, would side on the Disney animated. Shorts. I would agree with you. You know, I'm going to say over the last few Pixar films, I'm going to say something heretical, um, which is actually the influence of Pixar on Disney has been amazing. Uh-huh. That the quality of the films, both the shorts, because they've been very experimental with them, but even their features have gone way up. You mean Disney? Disney. In the, reaction the Disney to the animation Pixar. reaction to Pixar. Game. And John Lasseter is overseeing both. Yeah. But I don't think that Disney has been that great an influence on Pixar. Right. You see the sequels. You see the, you know. I, but also, Pixar's track record was so amazing up yes. to a certain point where it's just like, yeah, you got to do a couple for the money. Yeah. We understand that, right. you know, and, and uh, so we'll get to that a little little later, perhaps. But you know, it, it's uh, I would agree with you that I have you name all those shorts on on that Disney disc, and I'm like, yeah, Just there's not a yeah. one, oh. you know. Okay, probably the most commercial, the one that they had, the two they had to do was that Tangled one and that Frozen one. Yeah, but come on, kids love them. I saw somebody online complaining of like Big Hero Six has better message for kids, but but kid, but Disney's pushing Frozen, and I'm like. Look, Disney's not the one doing it. Disney's pushing Frozen because there are par- there were parents screaming at them, but just to have more heartbreakingly beautiful story. I, I two weeks ago I was on a plane and I watched the little match girl on that flight. Oh, that I can't. I could not watch it again. I, I remember could, I, watching. I have it to give myself more time because that I was on the the Beauty and the Beast Platinum Edition, the okay. first time they released it on Blu-ray, and so I, I went right to that and went you know and just. Sat stunned, yeah. Watching that, I'm like, "You did it! You you actually adapted the story right, yeah." And you broke my heart. My 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 daughter was very young then, just crying next to me, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is coming." We, you know, and but beautiful, beautifully heartbreaking, you know. And it's saying both Disney and Pixar right now, I feel, are the most emotionally honest filmmakers yeah, yeah. going on. People talk about their shallowness, but even even with the flaws, when I saw Good Dinosaur. The things that good dinosaurs willing to talk about and let children oh, work yeah. out, yeah, yeah, pretty damned impressive. The yeah. movie wasn't great. I wish it had been, but and now we'll jump to yeah. it later. But yeah. it, but it was, and you can read my review online at fanboyplanet.com. But the darkness, the things that that kids are really 
wrestling with and you can't pretend they're not right that they're that disney and pixar are willing to confront just to have these things in entertainment where they can say oh it's not just me or right you know that that's, it was the purview of Sesame Street for decades, and now it's like you know. Let's be honest. All children's entertainment should be honest about it. Yeah, you know. So what's anyway, your next? My next uh, and my last is uh, I want to go with. Uh, I went a little lighter this year because I knew we always run a little long with these things. Um, is a graphic novel that's historical fiction, 18th century, uh, called The Lion of Rora, and. One reason I chose it was because uh, I've had a couple of things coming up, uh, a couple of encounters with people who they want to read comics, but they're not into superheroes. And I don't feel the need to just because I like them. I'm not going to make everybody. Hey, differences make the world go round. But but comics as a medium have a lot of great stories to tell. And this is one by Christus Gage, who I interviewed this summer at Comic-Con, and his wife, Ruth Fletcher Gage. And they had worked on, they wrote one of the Daredevil episodes on Netflix. Um, and Christos has done Buffy the, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he's writing the ROM revival from IDW. But this is historical fiction uh, about uh, the, the true story of Joshua Janavel, a farmer-turned-freedom fighter who Napoleon called history's greatest military tactician. And so it's uh, he's the first case in European history in which subjects of a ruler rebelled to defend their religious freedom. So um, this is an interesting, perhaps not well-known piece of history. Uh, and it's a well-done from Oni Press, The Lion of Rora, R-O-R-A, uh, with art by Jackie Lewis. I really like it. What's a very, the emblem there? On there? Uh, is it in Tenebris Lux? Uh, it's, uh, it's something in light. I don't know what ten- okay. <laughs> Tenebris is. I, I thought you graduated you have with little, a Latin degree. Uh, maybe Scott Tipton did. That's uh, your other geek friend. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, yeah, you're a newspaper man. Go ahead. Tell us what the Latin is, Sal. In tenebris locks. Uh, Somebody's screaming the answer at us right Somebody now. Somebody is, yeah. It's a, it's a very solid-looking book. I like the embossed. Uh, it, doesn't have a, it doesn't have a dust jacket, which is great when you're giving books to kids, too. Yeah. That they're not there, but it, it it doesn't sacrifice for not having a, a dust yeah. Jacket. So There's quality, still, you know, quality stuff. Yeah. And because, like I said, I I run into an adult who said that, and and then uh, ran into, uh, I ran into, you know, was having dinner with one, with my cousin and her children, and the ten year old said, "I don't like superheroes. He he likes action figures, but he doesn't like reading the comics." I said, well, what do you like reading? And he said, historical fiction. And I went, aha, I'm going to spend some time <laughs> said, trying to think. what kind of 10-year-old are you? No, no, it's okay. He's related <laughs> to me. I totally understand. And, and I just was like trying to come up with what are those things that, you know, that, that would get uh, a kid into the medium of comics. And there's plenty because, yeah. you know, I go over to, to uh, Top Shelf as March, that the John, Senator, uh, Representative John Lewis's story of his, of his working with the Civil Rights Movement, growing up in it, you know, college and so forth. And, you know, again, comics are just another medium to tell fantastic stories. Yes. And some would argue it's the, they're the best medium to get it's the information across. It's a very accessible across. medium. You know, so I want to recommend, if you're not into superheroes, The Lion of Rora, give to your kid or That's your friend. R-O-R-A. R-O-R-A. Yeah. Um, and give to your kid or friend who is into history but not into superheroes. And we'll have links to all these on, right. the, site, on the website. On right. 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 So – I, I focused on a couple of board games that I thought Christmas time, family, and easy to play. And so I Oh <laughs> sweet naive. So Rick. so quickly quickly going through these. First one is the Castles of Mad King Ludwig, in which you You've build recommended you, you that build before, a castle, 
you fit together rooms in this castle and you score points by having the right kind of room next to the right kind of room. So like a kitchen isn't right next to a bedroom or a noisy room isn't right. And, and the first player to develop Porphyria wins? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, but, but it's it's fun. And even well, if that's you, King George. I'm sorry. Even if you lose, you end up with this... You've got a castle in front of you. It's like playing with Legos or anything else. It's it's. I've never won this game. I'll always play it when somebody brings it out. So Castles with Mad King Ludwig. The second one is called Time Stories. It's T period I period M period E period. I know it's an a- acronym, but I can't remember what it stands for. But it's a it's a role playing board game, cooperative game where everyone at the table is trying to successfully solve an enigma. Now, this is kind of like the board game version of, now I can't remember the name of the Tom Cruise movie where he keeps going back in time. Um, Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. So it's like... Live, die, repeat. It's, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's all you need is kill. All you need is yes. kill. Yes. Um, so it's, you all... All three titles, by the way, perfectly valid. But it's also <laughs> it's also a bit of quantum leap because you're part of a future time time agency where you have to go back and fix problems in time. So part of it is getting back there and then figuring out what is what is little going twelve on. monkeys in there too. Well, a little quantum leap. The yeah, adventures yeah. of Colonel TikTok. Thrilling it, adventure exactly, fans. Exactly. But so you are projected TikTok. back into the bodies of people of that time. So you take on the characteristics of uh, those things. So every time you play it, you may not be successful the first time. But then you're going to be brought back to the time agency and re-injected into it, so you can keep on trying to solve the mystery until you finally do. Because there's a timer that clock, clocks down, um, that ticks down, uh, and so this is a game that has already has one expansion called the Marcy, the Marcy something. Um, so you'll be able to buy new mysteries. It's, so it's, but it's not like one of those uh, adventure nights where you have to have somebody running it. You're all playing in this game that's all set up to keep the mystery from you until you all exposed it at the same time. So uh, the time time stories. And the last one is a great game. It's been really hard to get a hold of. It's now available in, in general, but sells all, all the time, called Code Names, which is a word game where you're two different teams. It's a spy. There's a spy connection. Ooh. So there's a grid of words, and you are trying to get your team to identify two of the words on the grid by a one word clue so you might say orange and there's a there's a a tree and um pylon are both words in the thing so you might say orange two saying there are two words in there that match that up um it that's a very brief kind of summary but it's it's a it's a crazy good game the spy thing is kind of pasted on because you're just trying to make them you're trying to get them to your team is trying to get a certain set of words before the other team is trying to get a mm-hmm. set of the other words so uh code names uh it's only like 20 bucks and hmm. it's an excellent excellent game so then the last thing i was going to say is if you're especially for late last minute santas or if you have somebody you're buying for who is not local to you Humble Bundle, mm-hmm. the Humble Bundle website has tons of special bundles of games that you can gift. They are set up so mm-hmm. you can buy them and send them to somebody, and they'll get an email with a code and be able to download it. Similarly, 
and that's that's more for independent games and and you know getting a lot of games for little money because they're very inexpensive the other one is steam mm-hmm. and steam is also sets it up so if you want to give somebody fallout 4 you can just go online to steam buy fallout 4 and say it's a gift and send it to somebody else so last minute you want you got to you want to do this you know they're a pc gamer uh, terrific! Right now, uh, Fallout the fa- whole Fallout series leading up to four is available at like seventy five percent off. So you can get the whole series for maybe the cost of a really discounted Fallout four. You can get everything that led up, and there's a ton of good gaming in that. So, um, cool. The, the other recommendations I have there: uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong, which was a Kickstarter which now it's on sale right now for about 11 bucks and darkest dungeon another kickstarter that I actually recommended in the, I remember that, the fanboy yeah. and kickstarter is available for 12 dollars, and those are both great great gifts to cool. hand over to somebody well good and we kept it uh, fairly inexpensive this year so that's yeah. good yay i got some good ideas oh uh, good i just i saw you make a note i was very yeah. excited yeah i hope so uh <laughs> so then our work here is done. No, it's yeah. not, because we've still got to talk about the week's news. Comics. Comics, indeed. I know that. The big uh, comic story this week is we have now seen Winter is Here, because that's been the way they said, uh, you know, the Dark Knight 3, winter the Master Race was going to be Winter. Uh, you know, somebody asked me, like, when's it coming out? I said, when it comes out. Because I remember every other Dark Knight's always been that way. Dark Knight is coming. The when's Dark it going to end? A lot later than that <laughs> uh you know what i suspect that this is going to be on track just because he has so many collaborators getting stuff done um you know so this is uh i think what i missed the most was it seems so Thin. ordinary in the way uh it's, it's not square bound it's not square bound it's 599 um but it's, it's bound interesting because inside is a mini comic bound into the center in, yes it. and they've got like a little cardboard uh, center with a, a nice Frank Miller drawing of, of Batman, uh, and then he and is that meant to be taken out or is it? Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. No. no, I'm just saying, is it that kind of sticky glue that they use? Uh, this is yeah, yeah. It's glued into because it's like a like a it's half like that page gummy gummy glue stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it in because I don't. Otherwise, I'm afraid this the mini comic will just disappear. But each each issue will have a mini comic in the center, and this is a story focusing on the Adam. Uh, with uh, pencils by by Miller and inks by Klaus Janssen, and I I wouldn't be surprised. I was telling right beforehand at dinner. I said um, you know that uh, Andy Kubert uh, drew, draws the uh, does the pencils on the interior of the main story, and either there's influence or I wouldn't be surprised if he helped finish some things up because this is the tightest old style Frank Miller that we've seen in years, and. By years, I mean decades. This is like this is back before Sin City. This is the guy that was on Daredevil. This is the guy that did, you know, the first Dark Knight Returns. It's everything is really clear. Jansen's inking is tight, and it's not as overwhelming as it usually is. I mean, I yeah. think they're a great pair. I think Frank Miller and Klaus Jansen really make a great artistic uh, pairing. But um, this w- it's aside from a cover that is like really old style Frank Miller. The interior is much more controlled. Uh, it's not as dense. Yeah. Yeah. It's the prior. Yeah. So, um, anyway, this is, uh, I, I also think the story, he's collaborating with Brian Azzarello, uh, to write it. And this is the most straightforward of them. And I realized reading the first few pages is 
when the Dark Knight Returns came out, a lot of people missed it satirical on this, just thought it was cool. But it was set in the future. And then The Dark Knight Strikes Again was still set in a future. Well, the future's here. Yeah. So you can't... I, it's it's like uh, which uh, the guy who wrote Necromancer. Um, not ne- Neuromancer. Uh, oh. Not Necromancer. Uh, totally William different Gibson. book. Give, yeah. He, that he, William Gibson is just like, you, he's not... He can't be a futurist anymore. By the time he's figured out something in the future, it's caught up. Yeah. By the time he can get a book out. So he's like, I'm just a novelist. I'm not science fiction anymore because it's just not going to be. And that's what I feel is now the Dark Knight is set now. It's the the Dark Knight verse, as they say, because apparently they're kind of willing to go off into a corner and continue having things. So he announced he's going to do a Dark Knight 4. He's having such a good time doing this. Mm. you know. But he just doesn't want to collaborate. He wants to get back to his vision. But I think Azarello's helped straighten him out as far as really just linear, straightforward storytelling. But, but that what they're dealing with is police brutality. Well, I'm sorry. I bought this book a day after they released the video of that Chicago Oof. shooting. Right. And here it is. That's what this opens up with is, is the police are freaking out that there are some rogue cops, but that Batman seems to have come back and he's on the side of the, of the gangs, but it's because the gangs aren't gangs. They're being just brutalized. So it's, you know, Batman sending, but is it Batman? And that's the big, the big mystery. I mean, the back cover has this thing where it's just a silhouette of it says, a good death, there's no such thing. And, you know, it's like, oh, such a great Frank Miller line. But, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at it in the, in these gang, and these, these kids are talking to each other in text speak. And you're like, this is now. Yeah. And, oh my God. Like he, he got everything so right. You know, there's there's no jumping ahead, and and so I'm I'm he predicted the future of now so well. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean he set it up with his other books. You know, it's like the, you know that it, it's come up. And it's like I'm engrossed. I thought the Dark Knight Strikes game was fun. I'm one of the people that liked it, but I'm not like I I think when what did you say when you sat down here and said saw that we were going to talk about it tonight? I, I said uh, Dark Knight Strikes game kind of turned me against it. Yeah, did you? I think you asked Rick, did you buy it because you wanted to buy it, or you had felt you had you felt to? You felt you had to. you had to, and I'll admit it, I felt I had to. And then I read it, and I went, very interesting. There are some mysteries set up, and the mini comic ties into one of the mysteries. And one of the things about the mini comic involving the Atom is like, yeah, like the Dark Knight Strikes Again, the Dark Knight Returns sort of was. Batman returning after sort of a vague future of the Silver Age. And clearly things have gone differently because you got the, you know, all-star Batman and Robin <laughs> ruined that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this is like, it's one of those questions like, you know, why didn't they ever take care of that? You know, I'm not going to spoil it. But that it's the kind of thing where you start going, hmm. And then there's there's certain mysteries. And, 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 I, and I think as much as it was jarring in Dark Knight Strikes Again, uh he Frank Miller is the only person who portrays Wonder Woman in a way that I believe she's a Greek warrior. Uh huh. You know, he draws her that way. He, you know, and and she shows up here, and is definitely Kubert's following the model that he established in Dark Knight Strikes. Kind of going, yeah, yeah that he's makes always, sense. He's always been able to do convincing, convincing strong women. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, and think back to Electra, and yeah, yeah, and so uh, who's also Greek, you yeah. know, and, and it's uh, and so I'm really pleasantly surprised that. 
this is the book that's going to be like, well, that's going to be tough for me to top this week. Okay. And, but I'm and, really looking forward to the next issue. What is the mystery? You know, what answers are you going to give me next issue? And the answer to, I mean, the answer to the question, because you wanted to or because you thought you needed to, is both. Because I really feel that Miller has not really lost his his place in driving forward the the general comic that that he is always going to do something noteworthy in any any of the, any of his works. Well, were you and I the ones having the conversation when people talk about you know if you're going to give a Miller work, you say, well, because Daredevil, are you going to give them, give people Daredevil or are you going to give them Dark Knight Returns? And I, I and I've said for years, really the best work, the most challenging that he did early on was Ronan. Yeah. And I would I would hand Ronan to anybody, and and then I can't remember who I was talking with. Maybe it wasn't you, but somebody was arguing with me like Ronan. That's really weird. And I said, but the thing is now again, the world caught up. We read it in 1983 or 84, yeah. and went. Ah, I had to read it a couple times to get what was going on. But now kids have moved on. You know that narrative has that that kind of, those kind of narrative tricks. He started them, but. You know, other people picked it up, and other people picked it normal. up, and so I think that that's that Ronan is. A, I, I'm dying to see somebody pick up Ronan for like sci-fi, like somebody should try. I get excited every time I hear that that it might be made in a movie because I think that it's would, so cinematic. It's yeah. so cinematic, and it's talk about twists that are really twists. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, there are turns in that story that are like, oh. Oh, that sh- that really changes everything, and they're honest. Yeah. He just didn't, t- you know. You don't feel tricked. You just feel like, oh, oh, you know. And and I, I and I think technology on film is enough that you could do it, and I think you should. But this is this is the Frank Miller that I got excited about back in college. Excellent. So thanks, 2015, for being the year that takes me back to, to 1985 uh, or, or 1977, for that matter. This has felt like the entire nostalgia theme we've had well that's what this that's where the age is we're all looking back right at an age where it's like we're not as because because seriously every day this week i've gotten up and and somebody said something on the headlines well you know like for god's sake you're a newspaper man and i and somebody says well did you hear about this and i go uh like my my work we have a warning well there's no traveling in belgium i'm like well what the hell happened in belgium mother of god (laughs) you know and so i'm like i I mean i guess it's good but mother of god you know it's just every day. Yeah. So I go, I can I go to an island, and and you wonder why I'm into superheroes where it's clean cut, good and evil, and you know why I love DC Silver Age because you can question they're just good guys, yep, fighting the bad guys who weren't all that bad in comparison now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and even you know you look back at Dark Knight Returns thirty years ago. I mean that mm-hmm. was very tame. Everything really was happened. Really was mm-hmm. yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so yes, you got me. I, I'm I'm now in the okay. I want to pick that up. Good, good, okay. good. Because I'd really been I'd been avoiding it, like you know, the uh, Watchmen uh, before Watchmen, yeah, before Watchmen stuff. I was like, oh, I'm, I read I'm, some of before Watchmen. Fool me once, and I think the problem with before Watchmen is if it wasn't before Watchmen, they would have been interesting comics because they yeah. were great creators and they were decent stories. But again. It's a it's a, it's a series that doesn't need a backstory. I, re- I read it all, and it didn't enrich the Watchmen story at all. Right. So there was there was nothing insightful that that made me reappreciate the original work. But they were decent stories. So I didn't, the, despite I me liking the creators, and and I want to say that it's like you know this is the I'm a the hell of my own making. You know, Fanboy Planet is not a comic book resource. We know this, but I have befriended 
some of these creators and it's like, well, I like you personally. So I buy more books than I want to because I feel like, well, I want to support you know, whoever. And like almost everybody on that project I've met, I've done yeah. something, you know, interviewed or, or just hung out with at a party or something and just gone, nice guys. And they're talented people, but I just didn't, it, there was nothing about it that could, that could hold my, uh, my interest. Yeah. Uh, so I have not had a chance to read this week's Marvels. Um, but, uh, apparently in, uh, I've already lost track of which Avengers is which, but, uh, and when we haven't seen the end of secret wars yet, no, there were new books. This, and this is very frustrating to me. And I was saying this at, at Elusive today is just like, what's driving me nuts is you do this eight months later and you really don't know how it all ended. So they didn't really get to set up the way they said they were going to They came out with the last days of the silver surfer today. today. Yes. Yes. And and uh, you know so I'm 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 very very frustrated and, by that and another issue of Hail Hydra. <laughs> it's like oh really? I missed that yeah oh I, I I failed to pick it up I didn't even realize it was because wasn't no it was the the, the Hail Hydra was that there uh, was the Hank Hank I, I bought that one I didn't right, read that one was fun yeah um, these one shots were were fun I mean and they've done some interesting stuff but apparently so. I do feel that Marvel's been lying to us by saying, oh, we're not rebooting the universe. But yes, they are. And they're admitting that uh, in New Avengers that this is now the eighth iteration of the of the Marvel Omniverse. Galactus yeah. is the survivor of the sixth. Which we, <coughs> knew, we knew he was a survivor of the previous universe. So okay. Galactus sur- survived the, the previous time the universe had been reformed. So everything we'd read up until Secret Wars was the seventh formation of the Marvel Omniverse. And they've introduced a villain who is a survivor of the fifth. So he's managed to survive the destruction of the sixth and seventh. So he's a sorcerer from a dark age of magic where the Omniverse was completely ruled by magic. These are Omniverses that were not copied and captured in Right. So we've never really seen anything in the fifth or sixth. What I'm saying is is this much you can say from the way they're hinting is is that yes of course everything's rebooting it's the only way that you can have miles morales on the same earth and right. you can have the supreme power uh the squadron supreme all being survivors of <laughs> of earths that were destroyed well you know we had parallel universes leave characters in the right main universe right right, right. but this well is but they're trying the to make it all one unified unified omniverse Hyperion, for example right, right 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 yeah. and, and and but but clearly you know james robinson's writing squad and supreme and it's gonna get it spins right out of secret wars well we're getting really close to squad and supreme coming out so yeah how about telling us what happened to secret wars to piss them off so much yeah uh you know and i know that's not necessarily their fault but that's the problem with having this huge Oh, we know what happened. Uh, well, Namor blew up their planet. We know that, but but when, where, what, how? You know, it's um, well. Previously, though, be, it, before Secret Wars, right? Isn't that as they were saving the Illuminati? Was the Illuminati were reduced everything to five Earths? Yeah, right. <clears throat> so it's a reboot. It's a reboot of Marvel continuity, yeah. even though some people remember and some people don't. But. Um, it's just it's just interesting, and that's where I'm just going to leave it. Al Ewing is now the architect because I think Jonathan Hickman has kind of left Marvel now. Once he finishes Secret Wars, he's got so many image. Books he's got right so now. many other things going on. I, I, I know, and not just image. I think he's doing some stuff for Oni, and he's yeah. and you know that's there. So um, we're going to turn to this. Will be the, I'm not even going to try to duplicate Nate because what's I, in the bag? Derek? To honor him, what's in the bag? We're only going to do one, one each. Pick a top book this week, Rick. 
what's the what's what's the top one in your bag today? The top one in my bag is actually the top one on my stack right now, and that's Switch, which is Switch number two. I'd read I haven't read this one. I read the first one, which is basically a reboot of Witchblade. <laughs> and it's by um one of my favorite uh comic creators and I really should learn how to pronounce his name. But we all should. It's the uh the same guy who did Stellan uh, Skarsgard. <laughs> Stajic. Um Django Unchained. And uh it, he's the one who did uh Death Vigil. Yeah. And this is uh again his art style is so fresh and clean. Um just pictures of faces yeah and no i even uh, in his his unique style he does characters that i recognize from panel to panel against other people who are done in the same and don't get me wrong when i say this i i i don't think it's that, that unique i think this is a modern style that i really like and he's at the forefront of it but fiona staples reminds me a lot of it too yeah i think she's uh, yes yes i think his the thing my critic uh, criticism of his um characters is he's always kind of got this kind of the female characters are typically a little doe-eyed and their hair is a little disheveled mm-hmm. and you know, they've, they've got he looks something like phil noto and phil noto does the same thing yeah and i love phil noto's art but i did like i like the fact that they re um you know witchblade in all its incarnations so far and i'm including the uh the um uh the prior uh it was an image it was dark which 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 who was it who who did which play yeah no it's top cow which top is part cow. of which is top part cow. of image it is part right, of image right but top cow and then there was a manga version there's actually yeah. been a japanese animated version yeah and in all of them the one thing that's carried over is the character has been incredibly voluptuous Right. And is near naked when she's. The concept has kind of outlived yeah. its trend. And mm-hmm. in this one, it's a young um, teenage girl who is not very developed in any way, and it kind of knows it. And, and, and closer and, to the T in appearance, it's closer to what the TNT television series had done, right? You know, she, she, I, I, not that it was a good series. Don't, I don't try about looking that it too. up. Kind of she, she just had the armored arm. She yeah. had the glove, and yeah. then, but it. Nothing changed. Nothing else changed. Yeah. So, um, and if you've ever watched the anime version, it's almost soft core. Like, it was close know. to hentai. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, for the thing for the gift guide there, Sal. Well, no, you just reminded me of the uh, Spectre opening well, titles. You, the, the very first James Bond hentai uh, title. Yes. So they did reintroduce all of the elements in the first issue of this that were the, the darkness. Is it a reimagining or is it really she's in, in the inheritor of it from Sarah it's Pezzini? It's hard to tell, really. It's and actually, I'm okay with that. I think I think it's actually possible that Sarah Pezzi could show up in this. Pezzini. Pezzini. Which is a great way to approach something like that where yeah. you're sort of passing on the legacy, but it's right. not... No, absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a new age, and the thing is you're going to get new readers. Yeah. This is the thing when you go in movie-wise, nostalgia. Believe me. I mean, my son has not seen Spectre, but several of his friends at school, and the only reason he was correcting them, like they were saying, like, Spectres, have you seen Spectres or The Spectre? I'm so proud of my son for saying this. <laughs> like, because he knew that I wanted to see it, he was saying, it's, I got to tell them all, it's just Spectre, Dad. There's no like, article. There's, he doesn't say that. No, <laughs> that would be your son. Your son will say that eventually. Trust me, he is my son. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, okay, so, a beautiful book, uh, great story so far. Um, 
Did you all look at? Yeah, I do. I'm so, not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go too deep in my because now we're not sure if this was this week or not. So I don't I know. Just do a shout out to Groot because yeah, I, I just Groot. recently binged the first five Groot first five issues, and the sixth one is out, and I was really doubting that this would be something that would carry me through multiple issues and this is the end of that because it's going to relaunch as rocket raccoon and Groot. Of right course. but this has just been a wonderful little trip no i agree it's a fun book it's a fun book and so i'll just shout out my two because i haven't had a chance to read them i just want to go for it point out um and the only reason rick didn't put this on a second he wasn't sure if it was this week or last week and if he picked it up or not which i he, sheesh you know yeah he, of all things because it even came up today in a facebook conversation moon girl and devil dinosaur um, so I, I'm, I'm pleased when I was looking through the preview art, which we ran on fanboy planet, um, that this update of devil dinosaur does include moon boy. Uh, the uh, reference to moon boy that he's, that he's not been invalidated by everything, right. but it is a uh, part of this, you know, on a day where a friend walked up to me at, the, at elusive and said, so you've got Sam Wilson. I mean, which is, you know, we've commented on this before. You've got on the stands right now, side by side on a comic book rack, Sam Wilson, Captain America, and then Captain America White. The most, you know, just the most insensitive, accidental, stupid move that Marvel could do in marketing is have those two Captain America titles Simultaneous. What weren't you thinking? Yeah, you should. You of course, they, they really shouldn't have called it White Captain America okay, to move no, it. No, no, he's Captain America White. Right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. The White Avenger, and then it was the White Soldier, and it will now be Civil Whites. So this is kind the of the Elmer Fudd story. Um, so this is Civil kind of Whites. Pete's Dragon oh. kind of. Yeah, work. and so and, and so on. A, this is my picks this week. Are those that are showing inclusiveness which I prefer over the word diversity because I just want everybody to be together. Like, Hey, we all like comics. And, and this is including, this is now moon girl is a young, you know, African American teenager who gets devil dinosaur. Somehow they bond together. I haven't read it yet, but I love the concept and it's a nice cover too. And it's a good way of, you know, don't invalidate what came before, but say, yeah, you know what the world? No. Well, the world is different. You know, the world is, is a rainbow. I, that sounds so, let me get done. Like an illusion. People I, are missing the expressiveness tur- of your I, I realized I was turning into Doug Henning. It's magic. It's an illusion. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And but but that it is. You know that yeah. if you were creating yeah. if you were creating these characters from, from scratch today, it would be all kinds of ethnicities. It would be all kinds of genders. And I and I say that knowingly. You know all kinds. Oh yeah. All kind all kinds of viewpoints. And they're taking an old concept that, yeah, there's people like Rick who love Devil Dinosaur, loved him, and the character's obviously popular enough, they put him into Disney Infinity 2.0. So, you know, it, it, it's it's a cool concept, Dinosaurs are cool. You didn't invalidate the old, but you created it new. And then they relaunched today, Ms. Marvel, which is, to me, the great character find, the greatest success story of, like, the last three years for Marvel, of when we need more than ever, again, talking against real world, you know, mm-hmm. a Muslim American teenager, teenage girl who is portrayed honestly as a teenager, portrayed honestly as a Muslim, and by the way, portrayed honestly as a decent person trying to do right in the world. As an American. As an American with new superpowers, and she's right. joined the Avengers as well. And, and she's and, dealing with, like, modern life versus her tra- her traditions and Right, her and, and it's and just, it's and- just, this is one of... You know, my mom clipped from the Wall Street Journal. It's time to talk with your family about about Islam. 
and she clipped that for me. Like, you know, I'm going to have this conversation with my children. I'm like, and I just wanted to say, pardon me, you're going to have to make the monkey sound here. Bullshit. Because my kids have been reading Ms. Marvel, and they know that what's going on in the world isn't the monkey that you know isn't representative of and so the people that are writing these articles it might have been it, it oh my god was that in the mercury i'm sorry it might have no, been a mercury no, god, I, it might have been a mercury news article and 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 it's well meaning but it's just like i'm sorry it's as i have to have that conversation with my mother is like if you're paying attention the youth are not the ones right. shouting and they're not the ones full of hate and fear well, if they are, it's because of their parents. As their parents, you know. So um, it's time for us to all talk, maybe. Right, right, right. But I'm sorry. Any kid who's been reading Ms. Marvel knows. Yeah. You know, and that this is representative. And it's written by G. Willow Wilson, who is exactly a, you know Islamic uh, writer. And she's brilliant. She is every – I mean, that book is the representative of why we need more inclusiveness in creators. In Absolutely. Yeah. Because you've got a woman, she's Muslim, uh, she's American. I still like room for a little middle-aged white man, but that's just me saying. You know, I, I just just one. Oh, you're representative. Could I have no? Could I just have one more? Because I want to be that one. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> but when they say, "Oh, you know. why why can't why can't somebody why can't the middle-aged white man write Miss Marvel?" Because she experience. brings an experience yeah. that that really says something in the book that you know someone else isn't going to be able to do Because the middle-aged that. white man can read that and enjoy it and learn. Yes. Or just read it and enjoy it. doesn't even have to learn. I don't enjoy learn. It. Um, I, no. I like the learning part. The learning part is good, yeah. but, you know, I don't want to require people to learn something from their entertainment. We can fool them into the fact that they're learning. Oh, it's like... Oh. Because we ruined, ruined everything. Oh, it's I was like, like Schoolhouse Rock. No, it's like Fat Albert used to say that. Like you're, you're not careful, you just might learn something. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not allowed anymore. I know, I know. I can't even reference Fat Albert. You jerk. Okay, cut that. Uh, it, I don't know that because that's just such an uncomfortable thing to realize. Like I grew up getting those lessons and saying those things, but in this case, <laughs> it's okay. I, you know, I, I, I agree. And in fact, um, you know, we're going to try to make this work out in the next the next few weeks. David Walker, who is writing Shaft for Dynamite and Power Man and Iron Fist. and uh, Is he doing another Shaft? Yeah, he's doing another Shaft. They Excellent. announced that a few weeks ago. Uh, he's doing Power Man and Iron Fist revival for uh, Marvel. He writes Cyborg for DC, and he's uh, doing um, Nighthawk for Marvel as well. Uh, he has agreed uh, he'd like to be a guest on the podcast. So Excellent. we will uh, be having him on the talk. Definitely uh, you know, another creator who is like, there it is, the voices. The voices we should have been hearing for a long time are, you know. Did you read Shaft? Shaft was really good. I'm going to get that trade paperback. Because yeah. initially you weren't that impressed. And then that's actually was to, what a guy said to me today is he bought the first issue, didn't like it so much. Right. So he dropped it. Then he picked up the trade because he thought, well, I'll give it one more chance and read the whole thing and said, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. Yeah, I stuck with it. And so, um, you know. I'm just trying really hard not to make a Shaft joke. Everybody's trying not to. <laughs> uh, you know, but that's okay. I'm Shut just, your mouth. No, I, I'm just – I, I, I'm just saying, I, this is a great time for my kids to be reading comics, you know. I, and, and but like I said, the, the kids aren't the ones that have have the issues, you know. It's people my age, yeah. And uh, the and, kids are all right. Oh, it's people older than you. Uh, well, okay. some people your age too. There are some people my age. <laughs> you know, sorry, I hope I haven't lost any listeners by this. You know, I'm just saying, I'm I'm all for inclusiveness and not going off into our own little trenches and trying to avoid each other. And but we should move on to movies. We should. Where, uh, speaking of inclusiveness, uh, Sony has announced that uh, Men in Black 4 is moving forward. They're still in pre-production. 
Why? But they're going to have a woman in black, black. And the only thing that I say to that is, you realize at the end of Men in Black 1, you set that up. Yeah. And ignored it. And that's exactly. why I hated Men in Black 2. Yes. Um, I was okay with Men in Black 3. Uh, but I was not, you know, but but you, you had a character set up. And then you... 3 was the, the time travel one, right? The time travel one. Yeah, that was good. Which they, they wussed out on the ending, but... Um, yeah. You know, it's clearly something should have different should have happened. But uh, they're still saying there may be rumors, which I'd actually be okay with this. This is the why: mm-hmm. is that if they actually bring Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill in oh. as the Twenty One Jump Street characters, uh, I would be okay as with those that. Character- as those characters joining Men in Black, going undercover in Men in Black. Oh my god! Which was part of the Sony memo leaks. Yeah, that would be hilarious because. I talk about your guilty pleasures. 21 Jump Street. Just, just so long as they didn't call it 21 uh, Jump Street, Street meets Men in Black or something stupid like that. Right. Just no, no, no. No, just, just have them in. Yeah. Um, uh, because 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street, I thought were hilarious. And it's so self-aware. And, you know, at this point, if you're going to do Men in Black and everybody says why, well, this would be why. Yeah. Hey, give me a reason. Um, but uh, like I said, I'm fine with the woman in black. In fact, uh, they were talking about Ghostbusters. The producer, uh, one of the Sony, uh, no, it's not, it's not Go- yeah, it is Sony is Ghostbusters, right? Columbia? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was saying, it's like, you know, he's really disappointed that people were upset about the women being Ghostbusters. And when even on this podcast, people could have interpreted what I was saying. I was just sort of like, I just wasn't excited about what they were seeming to do. Yeah. Don't just gender reverse it. Give me a reason. And I thought, you know what? All right, you probably do have a reason in the film. I just have to see that yet. And of course we'll go see it. That's why I'm at that point right now. I just go, we see everything anyway, so I might as well not complain until I've actually seen it. But, and he's got that point. If the reason you didn't want to see this Ghostbusters reboot, well, I don't even want to call it reboot. I, you know, I, cause I can't tell yet if it's set in the same, right. if they were, if there were the if original the Ghostbusters in it, the, I know that all of them are in it. All the original well, wasn't part of Ghostbusters the fact they were setting up franchises. I think there might have been an idea that they were going to. I don't think I got that got that far, but there okay. there was a there was a plan, um, and so it's possible that that's what's going on here. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about the film except who's in the cast and went. All right, yeah. the idea is all grown on me, and you're you're right. If my problem with it is that it's women then I should shut the hell up and get out of that fandom. Um, and I just keep that from from Drew Campbell. You know, it's true. It's like, yeah. I'm sorry, the world's moved on. We don't, you know. Shut the hell up and enjoy the fandom. Enjoy it. Yeah, watch it. So yeah. um, one also that is kind of, uh, there's big, big articles, several big articles in Variety yesterday uh, about Kevin Sujihara, who is the guy in charge of Warner of Warner Productions, uh, and the big focus was how they said that they have uh, he has taken all of DC and freed it, and said and they're actually doing. There's no more rules of although I guess Arrow suffered from this. Arrow was setting up Suicide Squad, and the movies, the movie division said, well, we want to make a Suicide Squad movie, so the Suicide Squad characters had to go away from Arrow. Yeah, uh, and Sujihara took over and looked at that and went. Uh, no, you know, basically, yes, you're going to make a Flash movie. It makes perfect sense. But if TV wants to take a shot at it, you know, so we have him to thank that TV has given us one of the best series on, on TV yeah. in The Flash, even though they're developing a Flash movie. And he just said, no, everybody can play. There are still some things because Batman's still kind of off off limits. But um, this ties into today, DC Entertainment said that basically, or Warner said that all DC Entertainment films are going to be PG-13, including, of course, Suicide Squad, 
which I'm gonna I'm having a hard time envisioning wow. the PG thirteen version of Suicide Squad. Well, it's possible. I've seen some movies, PG thirteen movies, really really skirt the edge. Yeah, uh, but it's so much about language now as opposed to the violence. That's true. That's true. So it, it's very possible. I mean, you know, let's face it. It was Spectre. It was PG thirteen, right? Right. Yeah, so it can be done. It's just hard to say, like, oh, the Joker that everybody thinks they really want to see. Yeah. When you're going to do a direct-to-video animated killing joke that's going to be rated R is like – but that's okay. Cause Actually, I, I think that I would like to see a Harlequin that was reined into PG-13 because I'm not a big fan of the Harlequin in the books right now who will murder and then laugh about it mm-hmm. and then, you know, it's just, yeah, I, and I, I, I really haven't read the new 52 Suicide Squad. I read the first couple of issues and went, ah, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I, I like the picture, the photos I've seen from the movie and going like, okay, you know, I mean, the characters look right enough for yeah, me. enough. It, you know, for who they are. And, and, and most of the actors are actors I really like, so I'm fine with that. I'm more excited by the fact that every couple of weeks – uh, Diane Nelson and Jeff John sit down with people from other divisions and they all hash out. Well, what, what ideas do you have? And, and then basically right now they're saying a variety strongly hints is that Jeff Johns's role is to keep comics alive because, you know, as we know, DC is not a moneymaker until this little dark Knight three comes out and even Sal Bizarro <laughs> reads it. I say, uh, I'll, buys I'll it. give you my six bucks for that. Yeah. 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 You know, that's, that's going to help. They've had the loss, but, but Jeff Johns is in there every couple of weeks in a big meeting with all these different division heads saying, look, you need these books to keep people interested in these characters that then feed into your, yeah. you know? And so I, I'm, I'm there even when I disagree with what he's writing Lord in knows, comics. Lord knows the good ideas aren't coming out of Hollywood by itself. Well, clearly not. I mean, yeah. you know, I, God knows what Lionsgate's going to do now that Hunger Games is over, um, which I haven't seen yet. But, you know, um, you think about this. I, I can't remember. I think it was Chris Ryle from IDW posted on, on Facebook today. It's like, well, I'm, I, I'm getting ready for the new Star Wars movie. I'm going to go see the new Rocky movie tonight, and I'm going to do this. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the Jeopardy answer is, what are three things I said in 1997 <laughs> as well? You know, <laughs> so... And 1983. Yeah, you know, so it's just kind of, there it is. Uh, all right. Uh, Marvel did confirm that the Doctor Strange production has begun, which we all kind of knew because there were some set photos There's leaking. Pictures, yeah. But, uh, they Where are they co- shooting? In England? Uh, I think they're in Budapest. In Budapest, okay. Well, Budapest, am I supposed Budapest. to say that? Uh, so, you know, they confirmed. Uh, one ca- uh, that we didn't uh, talk about casting was uh, they, they've they confirmed who the actors are, and this includes, but and still not knowing who it is, uh, Mads, am I saying it right, Mads Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. who's Hannibal, oh. the TV series, yeah. and was in Casino Royale, right? Yep. Uh, it was Le Chief. Um Great actor. Rumor has it, but Marvel has not confirmed yet, he may be Dormammu. Interesting. Ooh. Which I think would be just an awesome little setup for the Doctor Strange universe. And I can tell you, you know, the interesting thing, if I can jump just a little bit, because we're in movies, um, that, of course, this weekend, I, last weekend, I went to Disneyland where they've opened what used to be Interventions to Star Wars Launch Bay on the first, which is a gallery celebrating star, the Star Wars movies. And the second floor is Superhero HQ, where all the Marvel characters are. And lost in all the Star Wars hoopla is it's Spider-Man's first appearance. A costume somewhere in between 
the Tobey Maguire costume and the Andrew Garfield costume. Okay. So it's kind of interesting. Hmm. I was hoping, like, oh, is this where they're they're going to totally sneak Spider Man's new movie look? Didn't really have the whole ribbing in thing a meat, not on. quite. And, no. it, and his, the spider wasn't as long legs the way that okay. Andrew Garfield's was. But I thought, okay, you know, are they going to sneak that by? But it's very clear it's all, you know, it, it's all the movie versions of the characters oh, yeah. for the meet yeah, and greet. Sure. And they've set it up so that the vault where Captain America used to be, they, they rebuilt it because they shifted it all around. But the vault is where Captain America used to the meet and greet. But now the vault is generic enough that whoever they want to have there each week can be there. So you can have Spider-Man was this last week. But Ant-Man could be there. They have Ant-Man props on the wall. They have the Falcon props on the wall. Uh-huh. Captain America appears because Captain America's World War II uniforms on display Thor. there. No, Thor's still there. The Treasures Thor. of Asgard is oh, still okay. there. The Iron Man exhibit, is the Stark Expo is still there. But the vault is for whoever else they want to rotate through. And then, and I, I tweeted out a photo, and I'm going to run it a little, little later this week. Of they have a, a plaque, uh, a lit from behind display, of other heroes like the Vision, who's very clearly a cartoonized version of Paul Bettany, but Doctor Strange, who's very clearly a Benedict Cumberbatchish version of Doctor Strange, sure. Captain Marvel, um, and there was somebody else that was kind of interesting that was like, wait a minute, and I have to. But I'll run the picture later. So, you know, they're planning to rotate this through. So, you know, Doctor Strange is definitely going to be a franchise of all works works out. So, you know, we'll see. I had forgotten Rachel, uh, uh, who's in Mean Girls, uh, and The Notebook. And I'm thinking of everything but her actual name. Her last McAdams? name. McAdams? Rachel McAdams has been cast. Again, rumor, she may be Clea, which is... An excellent choice for Clea. Yeah. Um, although my only fear with Doctor Strange is it's too easy to to load everything that everyone that Doctor Strange fights that people care about into one movie. If you have yeah. Baron Mordo, yeah. but but wasn't Dormammu like retconned into being who behind who Baron was. Mordo was? I'm not sure was, was communicating with to get his powers. Maybe there may have been a story that, but I don't think it's really a. a it so like it's I've possible. I mean, you can set up again. an entire, yeah. you know, new mystic universe with Doctor Strange. But so. I think that's that's fine. I mean, I, the uh, I want to go back to the, the Thor treasures of Asgard, and there's, I've always had a, a problem with that that display, in that the, the treasures that you're going through, it's like where you're standing in line, or yeah. you're, you're standing somewhere near one of the treasures, right? Yeah, and then the line moves, so you really don't get to look, and then when you get into the middle room. Just before you actually go in and see Thor, that's where the really cool ones are. That's where the cool ones are. But you're fixed in one position. You're, there's so many people in there you yeah. can't walk around and look at them. They really need to extract all that stuff out and let you. If I can really say right cool. now, if I can say right now, it's probably not the problem that you think it is. Yeah, it's not. They really one of that. You know, the line was for Spider-Man, and it wasn't much of a line um, because everybody's down in Star Wars. Okay, um, which also has solved that problem. You don't have a line to look at the props. It's the the, the lines are to meet Darth Vader. And, and to get your picture taken, yeah. and and to meet Chewbacca, everything else is you can just wander around and look. And well, that's close. what I wanted to do with the Thor stuff. I yeah. wanted to wander around and look. Yeah, which yeah. now you can. It's okay. it's been slightly revamped, okay. uh, slightly, and I'm I'm sure that you know just because the reality is the crowds aren't aren't there right now because everybody's focused on Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, okay. uh, and and then the rest of us are all focused on Captain America: Civil War because Ooh. the trailer came out last night. And they released the posters, and it looks glorious. Um, I really love what now is the motivation. So much more personal, so much less out of nowhere. You know, I, I saw a couple people making the joke online. Like, Am I the only one who was thinking of penance and, and missing Nitro and the new Warriors? I'm like, 
You know, and then somebody has to respond, and it's, it's not me. I swear this is not conversations I'm having with myself. Right. Um, that, you know, someone's responding. It's like they're going a different direction. They're taking the title. They're taking the theme. Right. Of of these famous things, and and it's and, not going to be as big because there aren't that many superheroes in this world, which is interesting. And on top of that, there aren't that many superheroes with secret identities right. in this world, right? And that's, I mean, what is interesting with that trailer is out of nowhere, you've got Black Panther. Yeah. So does he have a secret identity? Probably not. Is it the way they've got it? The 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 mask looks a lot more ceremonial. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking, you know, they're going to definitely play up that Wakandan king thing. And, well, he and, never had a secret identity, right? You know, but he's the only one fully masked throughout full full cowl because that's the that's the this, ceremonial. That's the sacred garb of the Black Panther. Yeah, and, and uh, but but the idea that it's it, it's that instead of being penance, it's about Bucky. Yeah, moves their meta narrative forward so much better, and then you've got. I mean, I think it's funny, you know. Robert Downey Jr., you know, when Steve Rogers says, you know, he's my friend. And he goes, I was I once. I thought I, I was. was. Yeah. And I'm like, you've been kind of a D-bag. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to Steve. And I get that. But I thought, no, but, but Tony Stark probably does think he's a good friend. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and it's no like. Doubt. Well, he thought they were a team, you know. Yeah. The, he's the best friend because he's honest. That's what he thinks. Yes. yes. Um, so. Except where he has to lie to you. Exactly. Um, the only problem I had with the trailer, and this is not enough Black Panther. No. <laughs> well, yeah. No Ant Man. No Ant Man. Um, that scene where they're bashing uh, Iron Man's in the center, Bucky's yeah. on one side. It, it looked looks, CG. It looked like a. It looked like one of those those side view fighting games. <laughs> yeah, I that that <laughs> shot like, and that shot just looked But you know what? I almost I, comical. I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't make it in. Yeah, I hope not. You know, or or gets edited differently yeah. or shot differently. It just looked wrong. Right idea? Yeah. I didn't like the way that looked either. I thought it was I thought it was silly. I thought it looked like CG, like somebody had just animated the three of them fighting. Like yeah. like a like a gif. Yeah. You know, just kind of going, you know, going to repeat. Um, you know, what is missing the tragedy of, of not having Ant-Man in there is that we did see. No, it is because at D23, we saw a scene where Ant-Man's brought in. And, to deal with and it's And it's so funny. Uh, no, 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 no. We, no, he, he's a, no, he, the Bucky shows up at the end of Ant-Man. Right, right. But in D23, it's, they bring, they, they bring, Falcon brings him in from the, and it's all his excitement to be playing in the big leagues. Right. And uh, that would have been a really good, although it's totally different. Maybe if there's a later yeah. trailer, I don't need another trailer. Maybe. But if there is another one, that's the moment to kind of reveal that Ant-Man's in it. And it's because it's more comedic. I hate the fact that they're going to have, that I hate that if that's true, I hate the idea that there can be a movie where the tone is wrong for a type of character not to make an appearance. That oh no 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 the movie is fine with him in it. What I'm right. saying is in a trailer for two minutes when you're trying to tell the sure, story to sure, somebody sure, new, sure. you don't want to, especially it. when yeah. it's like these two and the posters. Oh, thank you, somebody in marketing for finally doing something different with it because I have. The Iron Man three poster on my wall, and I have the Captain America Winter Soldier poster on my wall, and they're the same poster, the same setup of characters, right, the right, same layout, right. and it, this it's is everything's like, photoshopped in. This, so they can extract right, the right, right, and then you have characters that these are thematic. This is divided, we fall. This is right. th- these posters are selling the idea. This is Captain America versus Iron Man, no question. Yeah, and pick a side, and that's. 
you know, which you can't say pick a side because that's Disney's season of the force thing right now. Pick a side. Choose a side. Really? Depending yeah. on which side of the people mover tracks you walk down. Are you light side or dark side? Uh-huh. Okay. Star Tours is the light side. Poor Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters is the dark side. <laughs> so at night, one side is lit blue. One side is lit red. Is lit red. And they're doing this in everything. You can buy makeup that is divided dark side, light side. How do you look at it? Oh, you know, I just put a little, yeah. little bit of blush and a little concealer, a little yeah. light, light, yeah. light or dark blush. My my, my daughter is very. Oh, I go dark side very. <laughs> my my daughter's the one who brought this. She's like, I want this Star Wars makeup. And I said, Oh, I'm finally into Star Wars because there's makeup. Because there's makeup. <laughs> Six years old. Yep. 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 So there you go. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of, shall we say the market we. Uh, the only thing I will say now is that Hamill did, Mark Hamill did do a little bit of a leak in interview, interview and uh, confirmed that because he's in the Flash as a trickster again in two weeks. Excellent. So he'd had to shave his Luke beard, and he said he was a little bummed to have to grow it back for episode eight. Oh, hmm. interesting. So, he lies though. He lies. Hamill? No, that's the problem with Hamill. <laughs> Hamill never lies. <laughs> Studios are. That's why he's been on kind of a gag order for a while because, I, I my favorite Hamill thing is you know I, I met him working when he was working on comic book the movie, and the whole instruction of the entire crew and that included me was and I wasn't crew but they asked me if I wanted to cover it and they said he's not Mark Hamill he's Don Swan he was he was trying to make everybody on the crew call him Don. And he's like, no, don't call me anything else, anything else. Method acting. And this, because he, it was supposed to be a mockumentary, so he never knew what, he didn't want to know when the camera was on him and he didn't want to be like, but of course, anybody would walk up and say, Mr. Hamill, Mr. Hamill, will you sign this? Oh, sure. Yeah, just a second here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, and, and then he, he kept blowing it, you know, including my favorite Hamill story was there of being in the van and the guy that ended up being, uh, that plays Superman on Hollywood Boulevard that looks remarkably like Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Um, was walking down the street in a Superman costume in San Diego, and Hamill says, Stop the van! Stop the van! And rolls down the window and goes, You! You are the reason we are all here! God bless you! Uh-huh. And nobody knew who this guy was either, but the whole, you know, like Jess Harnell was telling me the story saying, That is so funny that here's this guy dressed up as Superman at Comic Con. This is his moment. And Luke Skywalker leans out of van and says, You're why we're here! <laughs> like you know the total fanboy that's why you can't keep him quiet he's so excited to be uh, yeah. in all this stuff so yeah. uh so back to your your twist theory there i don't think yeah. the kylo ren theory is, is correct i just think that jj abrams learned from star trek into darkness i was like let the surprises be actual surprises who is luke where is luke is the question not who is luke where is luke yeah and I think, you know, that Luke's going to have a bigger part in Episode 8, just as they've announced that Billy Dee Williams will finally appear in Episode 8, which makes sense, too, thematically, as he appeared in 5. So he really doesn't have a place if each trilogy follows kind of a vague pattern, the same vague pattern, then... Well, it's also, it's also, don't, don't, don't give us everything in the first one. Right. You know? Right. I was very heartened by there was a Wired did an interview with J.J. Abrams and he talked about working with Lawrence Kasdan and his whole thing was like he knew that he wasn't going to do eight, but that he had an obligation to set up toys for them to play with in in eight. And he said and that was his and Kasdan's main concern. Set up some secrets, some mysteries, but but tell them where, you know, 
you're free. Leave it open enough that people, other people were free to draw their conclusions to carry the adventure forward. Now, so, I've lost track of this impartially because I'm trying not to follow it as closely as right. some people. But are we going to see Boba Fett again? We don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I would say if you're going to do that right, again, my same thing with Lando. Boba Fett probably shouldn't appear until 5. Yeah. I, I now, he's that. very much front and center in the Season of the Force celebration at Star Wars Launch yeah. Bay. Uh, they've got a couple figures up. They've got the Slave One, a whole display case devoted to it. He appears sporadically in the cantina for for you know impromptu meet and greets. Um, they know what a cool character they have, but they're using him uh, judiciously. So uh, my my guess is you're not going to see him see him there. Plus now, I mean, I think there's a bigger question: is did any of them? So some of them have survived into rebels, right? Some of the, of yeah. the clones. Yeah, yeah. So there might be something more to play with that idea of: are there any other old ones? still flying around, you know, and is that an explanation why you can have a character who looks like Boba Fett but didn't survive the Sarlacc pit? Yeah, that, well, that's the other thing. It's like we've never actually seen, except in the pre in the first trilogy, we haven't seen Boba Fett without his mask on as right. well. So that's we've it's another Jango, one of those situations yeah. where we can see, I mean, we saw Boba Fett as a kid. But he but, should be genetically identical. Yeah, he should. And so, and as much as I liked the the kid Daniel, um, met him a couple times that, that played him as a kid. It's like I, I don't like, and I like the guy who played Django too, and, and plays the clones. But I don't like seeing Boba Fett without a mask. That again, it's that mystery. Yeah, and well, it's the menace. It's the menace. Yeah, and that's the same. I think that's part of my problem with the with the prequel trilogy is Darth Vader is so menacing, so badass. Right to see him as a little kid, to see him as a whiny adolescent, damages that concept in your head right. of of how cool this guy well, it's, is. It's also the the situation where it's taking the mask off isn't going to be a reveal, yeah, because we know the origin of it. Unless it turns out, unless they really cheat and it's something, it's, oh. Boy. Jar Jar, <laughs> we never knew. You can keep wishing, and <laughs> please, everybody knew. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll see. And uh, as I'm running this week as well, photos you can check both Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom. Actually, it's the Hollywood. What do they call that park in Orlando? The Hollywood Backlot, Hollywood Studios. Yeah, it used to be the MGM Hollywood Studios, yeah, yeah, and I think now it's, it's Hollywood Studios. I think it's called Hollywood Studios. I think that's where they're putting Season of the Force. I know that's where they're going. That's to, where the Star Tours. Where they're going to. That's where they're going to build Star Wars Land as well. Right. right. Uh, but is that where Star Tours is in Florida? Yeah. Okay. So they. So they're doing some kind. I believe some equivalent of, uh, of the launch bay. I'm not sure exactly if it's the same. If it's the same thing. I. I, I do know, uh, that they're. You know, they're adding to Star Tours because they've added a little scene for uh, some footage. Uh, or environment from uh, Force Awakens and Star Tours now, so we assume that's going to happen over at uh, Disney World as well, Walt Disney World. Uh, I think their Space Mountain is going to become Hyperspace Mountain, which is the ride you wanted to exist <laughs> when you were in nineteen in nineteen seventy seven, seeing that movie and wanted a Star Wars ride. Yeah, you know, it's still Space Mountain, but it's like you know, I, and because don't get me wrong, I, you know, Star Wars Land. It's got a little thing called the Wizarding World of Harry Potter to compete with. Yes. So it's going to be a lot yeah. more immersive and a lot deeper than this. But, but but I thought, yeah, if when I was 11, this was totally the Star Wars ride I wanted. Yeah. You know, oh, and, yeah. And, and it's it's a very smooth overlay. The A uh, little bit of an aside there, but the 
MGM Studio, which is now we just discussed Hollywood Studio. Yeah, um, one of the greatest entrances to any park possible is we were staying at the Paradise Pier, uh, uh, yeah, resort, which is just around the corner from the entrance to uh, uh, Epcot. You walk across uh, like a parking lot area. You get on a boat, and you cross a river, and you enter the you enter the MGM the the, the Hollywood Studios, and one passenger is eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> and it's like going to Fantasy Island. It's like it's, there's a special there's a special traverse that takes you into this this new fantasy. And off to the left, that was where Star Wars the okay. the, the Star Tours. And, okay. Yeah, you can enjoy the food as well. They've got a, a full Star Wars menu at uh, both parks. Uh, oh, wonderful! And the dark side is all Latino themed. <laughs> is it now? It, it, it is. You're, I'm not, you're not, I'm not kidding. kidding. There's uh, the first order <laughs> burger, which is chorizo and Angus beef grilled together with a with a chipotle aioli and deep fried that cherry peppers. Delicious. Oh, it is delicious. Uh, I don't think the children are going to want it. <laughs> no. Um, there's a wussy chicken sandwich. That's the light Is side. Is it called wussy? No, it's not. It's uh, it's the 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 what? They're not the what are they called now? The resistance. This resistance chicken sandwich. <laughs> There's a there's an Ewok. No, don't cook me. There's an Ewok veggie sandwich, which is like this is what they did wrong at the Marvel superhero restaurant. Was like the Thor was, sa- a, was a salad. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do you not realize that the Ewoks are vicious carnivores? Carnivores. Yeah. Uh, they were going to roast and eat Han Solo. <laughs> um, there's a light side and dark side drink. Uh, I avoided those just because I'm not a big fan of little boba balls at the bottom. So the yogurt filled oh, boba oh, balls yeah, yeah. in the midst of a fruit an Adwala fruit drink um but uh i had the uh darth tamale breakfast uh you can get it they do good to- uh, they, the oh, the tamales, tamales delicious in in cars land yeah yeah uh, the blue corn so it's a blue corn matcha uh into uh and it's you know it's a very delicious tamale i enjoyed it um and then there's bantha milk bread french toast so all the bread is blue Nice. This is supposed to be made, made with bantha milk, and uh, and then uh, let's see what was the other other. As I pointed out the uh, the Owen the 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 Lars family breakfast, which is just you know two charred Crispy two fried. charred pieces of bacon. Uh, oh. No, uh, you know <laughs> it's like no no, no that's wrong. wrong. But they have a nice Chewbacca stein, uh, which is like and all I could think of was looking at it was like I'm in the Indiana Jones the Temple of Doom. I just wanted to open it and go chilled Wookie brains. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and, uh, and the desserts. There's a there's a nice and, and again. So there's a dark side uh, eclair, which has uh, it has a bit of chili chili powder in it. Okay. Um, so it's uh, wow. It is just interesting. The dark side the, has better food. They do. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. The dark side is delicious. Well, the dark side is, is, is it seduces you. It does. It does. And a BB-8 rice crispy treat. Problem is, I can't see Palpatine eating any of that stuff. Oh, no, because he has tor- horrible digestive problems. <laughs> um, talk about your force lightning. Uh, <laughs> right there. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> and now the podcast has taken a turn. It does often. Uh, so, you know, so let's talk about television. Yeah, let's get that turn back into TV. TV, Jessica Jones. Let's lighten things up with Jessica Jones, oh, shall my. we? No, uh, not much to say other than it is It is good. It is a, what a great character to take and put in there i'm really i'm only three episodes in people are binge watching first episode i know that some of my friends have stayed uh, up all night not slept like 1202 there's a there's a post on facebook from dave tapia saying okay jessica jones here we go i'm like that's right you have an infant 
you're probably not sleeping anyway. Yeah, right, you might right, as well watch a couple. Right, right. But dude, you got to work in the morning. You don't want to do this. You're going to get sucked <laughs> in. I know it. Um, and that's and that's the biggest thing is that there are people I've seen people saying like David Tennant has ruined his Doctor Who run. It's like no, David Tennant's just shown what a great actor he is because he is so creepy. The, well, and that's the main reason I want to see it. Is yeah, because but, of what he's doing. Two things. One, I mean, Netflix makes it so easy to go right into the next episode. It just it's it's kind of like when you get to well, the if credits, you're not there on that on that remote control, you're in the next episode. You're into the next episode because <laughs> there's no credits. You know, it's like, it, yeah, like, it's just boom. You're Are you ready? It. Are you ready for episode four? Okay. But but the uh, I, tenant is a tenant is a great actor in there. But the the staging I, I, episode yeah. one. I, I've only watched episode one, but the staging of his appearances, the timing, the cut. The the way because the, they're all PTSD the 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 color usage is just so and, and it's not just his appearances. I mean, I agree with you. There's that purple haze that comes through and, yeah. and, and the purple hue, but what reminded but what, what the director decided to have him do for like half a second was yeah. was the um, the use of focus of so, uh, of, yeah. of um, deep focus and shifting of focus, and I realized that what it is it is. This is without actually like chemically treating the video or, right. or, or, or you know, doing some kind of effect like this by shifting the focus is as close to Michael Gatiss's original art oh, as you can yeah. get. Like, there's always a corner out of focus or a side. Yeah. You're never, there is no shot where, uh, at it's least an exterior, of, it's, uh, where it is fully in focus. It's, it's kind of representative of her own ability to hate. perceive something because she's always kind of half drunk and right so right. this is this is kind of like we're getting the we're getting the the reliable narrator in this in that this is how she's perceiving everything but she's not reliable but she's well no she's reliable but she's not you've you only know. watched the first episode okay she's not really but, but it, there's a lot within, more going within on within her ability yeah right and uh when you get when you said like there aren't any superpower super beings, I have not gotten far enough to e- explain her. I mean, they've where they explain her power is everything's treated so matter of factly, right? Like there are the big guys, and there's Jessica with her powers, right? Well, she did lift up the back of the car, right? The but it, but they go further into it because yeah. you've got Luke Cage, and and they're both treated so matter of factly. And the question is that maybe, maybe there aren't many, and they don't know any others. But the but the actual revelation of Luke Cage is so well done, uh, of of who he who what he is. He is. Okay. I shouldn't say who he is because that's still a mystery, which I'm sure his own series will. But but that guy Colton Haynes, choice as an actor was like, well, I didn't know he was. So I was like, there's other people that I could see as Luke Cage. Why'd you cast this guy? Oh, and, awesome. I, and then I watched him. And went, no, that's that's Luke Cage. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. His his whole posture and his his ease of being in the situation is really yeah. re- quite compelling, and but it's very different than the than the comic story, which I'm reading the graphic novels right now. Well, like I say, I think what it is is there's a taste, and that's what Marvel does. Yeah. right. Is they go okay, you've done the comics. That's where it is. It's like what Walking Dead does. Right. You've you've done you've the enjoyed comics. Those. those are there. These are the ideas. These are the important. Right themes that came that came out of that run, which is you're, it's easier to do when you've had a single writer on a character mm-hmm. and he's told a story he wanted to tell. Is say okay, what what were his themes? So Bendis's themes come up and they go here. And I don't know if you noticed, Patsy Walker is in it too. She's not a Hellcat, right. but she's there. Yeah. But they even acknowledge in a second or third episode her uh, fashion model 
comic book past. There's a fan with a with a Patsy Walker comic, comic book. book? Oh. So they haven't really explained like what her what her past, you know, how that ties in, but that it's like she's no pushover, but she's not Hellcat. But you could see that maybe, and and somebody who's watched further than I have, I'll probably watch one more episode tonight. You know, you could see where maybe she is. Yeah. She could become Hellcat. And it doesn't matter. I don't need to. Because that's the other thing. I'm watching. I'm going to sit there watching. I'm watching a superhero drama and not caring that there will never be a costume. I was mad for like a split second in casting in the first publicity photos that the Purple Man is not purple. But the explanation, the usage of him as the Purple Man, though they never call him that, he's Kilgrave, is so brilliant. It's like this, you know, they've just... Yeah. It's so scary. And you don't even know yet. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, so much ahead of you. I'm actually, I, I, I feel like Pinhead. I actually, we have such sights to show you. That episode, <laughs> just the first episode, I was more at ease watching The Walking Dead. And I thought at New York Comic Con, when they went ahead and showed the whole pilot, it was like, no wonder that room went ape yeah. at the end of it. That was a fantastic pilot. And, and, you know, and there is something amazing about Netflix when you realize that they are... A lot of shows will do a pilot like, I mean, let's see, The Flash packed so much mythos into its into its first episode. And instead, Netflix, these Marvel series, they may be longer than they should be. I think they should probably be about half, Daredevil probably should have been about half as long as it was. Mm-hmm. But it, it should have been a six-hour movie instead of a 13-hour movie or a seven-hour movie. And that's what you're seeing with Jessica Jones is it's like, it's a 13-hour movie. Yeah. And that's where television is going and that's why... The, Great writing talent is going to television. Yeah, Daredevil got too caught up in the foggy, uh, and too, you know a little too much Kingpin backstory, and it's like because you're yeah. trying to get all of it out of the way, and, and yet it's very risky to just do. You don't know. You've shot. You haven't shot the pilot. You've gone straight to a series. You've shot 13 episodes. Yeah. You haven't had anybody's response. There's there's a risk and there's a freedom in storytelling, and I think that Jessica Jones just raises. The bar on that, you know, from that aspect. I have a feeling it'll feel a little a little drawn out, but you know what? That was what Bendis was infamous for. He started that expanded storytelling, that uh, you know, decompressed storytelling and got rid of the thublins. And, and, and you're right. You have to have three trade paperbacks of Alias, or now it's retitled, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. Right. Um, you have to have three trade paperbacks because you want, you got to read the whole thing, or at least one trade, to get a sense of where the story is going. It's totally worth it, but... It's not what people are used to picking up, you know, in a TV, in a comic book, and it's not what people, and, and it's not what people are used to in in a TV series. Though it's changing, it's becoming that. Now, right. that that being said, so you know, the comics alias was was very adult. Yes. Yes. And, and if someone's coming from the Netflix series and saying, "Oh, I want to read this," I mean, should they be prepared for a? Though, they should not go give it to children. No, and and the Netflix well, series, no, they shouldn't. <laughs> no. well, the Netflix series is very adult too. So, in so much the same way. Okay, the Netflix so, so series in the second episode did something, or the th- maybe it was the third, the first episode. I mean. uh, there Jess- was a softcore Jessica and Luke. Yeah, that's was that in the, the first? first episode. Okay, they went where where the the where the book did where the book went and where the book went and uh, you know. It, an infamous, infamous moment, you know, in, in Comic Con when you know that was Bendis' defense. It's like, why does it have an M? He's like, because you can't do mm, in a mainstream Marvel book. And Michael Goodson yelled out, "If anybody can, you can, Brian." Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, it, it's I, I because it's very crucial. You're, I mean, you're watching a superhero drama that's really about 
a rape victim. And that's what this is. I mean, it's a story about rape. Right. And, and we don't even get that in the, when, when you're reading the book. I'm sorry, spoilers. Until, yeah, I mean, I think the series is obvious. She has recovered deep. from that, and it's like in the most deepest primal way, not just physically. I, I suspect she isn't brought back after the scene, but the 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 daughter who she's trying to rescue in the elevator with her parents. No, she comes back. She does come back. Very crucial. But Very crucial. Man, what an act! What an acting to to go from the giggling oh. to the no, and what a scene! I just, I was just I was watching it when she gets in the elevator in the, that pilot, and I said, "That hallway's oh too long." Like yeah. I because I'm like, Kilgrave's going to step out and like and and figure, and instead it was like, no, that's even more. Oh my god, like, you know. And I'm just sitting there you and see going, the glimpse of the guy. And then at the end of that part, when she walks back in to take responsibility, yeah. it's like that's a hero moment. But yeah. that, but Kristen Ritter sells, and she's not an actress that I've ever been like, got to watch a Kristen Ritter project. But now it's like, no, she she's sold good. that so yeah. well. So I the strength of that pilot, I mean, we shall see. Um, I do want to have a little flash news, which is, as I said, um, that all the rogues are coming back together, and that includes the trickster. So Mark Hamill will be in two weeks, but even bigger, which is I'm going to disappoint my friend Kevin Mosteller, who was just saying, I'm going to write the the, the, the spec script where, where they introduce Wally West. And I said, no, Wally's already coming. So Wally is going to appear in the next couple of weeks. So um, I haven't watched last night's episode yet. But, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, when, my God, if I may say, they delivered on Gorilla City? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the flash I'm like that was a moment of just we've lived this yes. long yes yes this is what they're gonna do and that they're not afraid to, to be better like obviously they could do Grodd better this year than they were able to in the first season uh-huh. because he was better lit he was better drawn out and I'm like so More they weren't afraid to improve CGI. his appearance they weren't afraid to improve his appearance because yeah. they could Yeah. so they did and it's just just ah uh, I I was loving it. I can't. Remember. Oh, uh, it is it is the best superhero story on on TV and probably of all time for television. And yeah, yeah, and that's that's just. I don't feel going like I'm going out on a limb by saying television. And no, I'm you're that, to say that's sort of like my I hate cancer meme. I mean, yeah. you know, it's really risky to say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, know. but I, I, I'm 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 wanting to put it into into the cinematic part too. But I think they're just more, no, no, more I, aggressive things. And no, I think a movie could be more aggressive. And I, I'm just not looking forward to I. I and who, who knows? I didn't think Grant Gustin was going to be a great Barry Allen. I've said that before, and. Yeah. And now I can't imagine anybody else's. I mean, it's not my Barry Allen. It's not the guy I grew up reading, but I don't care. I'm old enough to understand that. It's for a new generation. And the fact that everybody loves it. Uh, one of the favorite, my favorite things I saw this week was uh, Brad Meltzer posted his uh, one of his children. An assignment at school was to um, draw a picture of a turkey in disguise so that he wouldn't get in trouble at, at in a classroom. And so his kid drew. A turkey as reverse flash with like the red eyes, <laughs> wow. yellow, and then the tail was all the red lightning coming out. He goes, wow. I'm, and Red Mel's just supposed to, I'm so proud. I would have also accepted Ninja. But <laughs> <laughs> my, my daughter had the same assignment, by the way. And yeah. uh, she she made hers a flower. So See, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's like, you but have failed as a parent. I, I uh, clearly. Um, and, you know, no, but I mean, that it's effective. I mean, it is a show that I, I'm going to say multi generational because here's the thing is, 
my son, you know, this season at least, Luke has kind of banked it up with, with me and said, like, you know, okay, Dad, can we watch The Flash? It's like we're alternating. Like, can we watch, catch up on Doctor Who? Can we catch up on The Flash? Thank heavens, Doctor Who is only, like, you know, 11 episodes so that eventually we can just watch Flash. Um, but it's a show that now my mom's gotten drawn in. Yeah. Because she liked Tom Cavanaugh, and she was like, oh, they killed him. And then they found a way to bring him back. She's like, oh, well, okay, I'm going to, you know, yeah. can I watch, you know. He might be a good guy. The um, Might be. But might. you realize that that's how they're introducing Jesse Quick. Right. His daughter is Jesse Quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's like, when I realized that her name was Jesse, I was like, ah, nice, yeah, yeah. But the Nothing uh, is uh, accidental on that show. No, nothing. To close the other aspect of that, the whole cinema versus television, I think it's kind of... One of the things about it being a television show is we get little chunks of it that's more like reading a comic. Right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's part of the charm of the television superhero versus the – when you do a movie, everything's got to be epic. It, and the, it's the, the way – The right. has to be world and, and, and this is why I experienced when, when Zoom, a few weeks back, paralyzed Barry, basically, and threw up, this is your hero, and poof, you know, and it's like – and then when he, when their cliffhanger is, I can't feel my legs. I'm like, no, no, you're gonna end there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, of course they are. Ah, of course they are. But brilliant. Yeah. And know? I'm so glad that they didn't. And drag I'm in love that with out. Patty Spivet, and I hate her in the comics. And I <laughs> love that actress. She's like Kristen Shenna with slightly taller sister. Uh, you know, and, and it's like, oh, she's so perky. I want them to be together. Wait, they're supposed to be with that Iris, but I like her. Yes. You know, so anyway, it's so confusing. But it is. I'm but, so confused. But I'm glad that they didn't drag out the paralyzed thing. For three or four episodes, yeah. right? And say, oh, well, yeah, he can't. He I can't think walk TV's learned. I think they've they've learned not to do that. It's like, well, Walking Dead. We had we we did have three weeks of Glenn maybe being dead. Well, but and, and the reality is, when it, I don't know about TV in general because what dramas do I watch that aren't you know? But um, is well because the anthology series. But when you're dealing with a comic book character. You've got so much history to pull from. And let's be honest, as much as I hate to look forward to it, you've got seven years tops, really, is the way they look at it. Seven years of, of drama. Yeah. Yeah. you know, And you've got seven years worth of, of mythos to pull in. Yeah. And they'll be fine. So they don't have to take their time with it. They, you know, they've introduced Earth 2. Well, now we've got a whole second. You've got a freaking gorilla city. You know, what's Grodd going to do? And he can, now you've got recurring villains. It's yeah. like, it's like a comic book. It really is to like say a comic book. nothing of the overlap with uh, Arrow and right, and, and then Legends we're gonna and then tomorrow. in two weeks we're gonna have we're gonna have Hawkman and Hot Girl. Oh man! And that you're gonna have, uh, and then you're gonna have the Legends of Tomorrow. And then who knows where what else will spin there? Because that's the that's the variety pushes. They're saying who was like, I excited to see in that latest uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, it wasn't a Hawkman and Hawk Girl. It was the, well, they put Firestorm in a Firestorm suit. Yes, Fireman. Yes, yes, Firestorm. Even though they didn't use, they, they created Jackson. They put Jackson Rush. Not no, he's he's Jackson. He's Jax. Jax Jackson is the guy. Right. They had done Jason Rush in season one. He had shown up. So I'm like, why did you create a whole new one? But okay, whatever. Again, just as you know, and 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 that they may bring back Ronnie because. Robbie Amell keeps saying, "You haven't seen the last of me." He keeps tweeting that out. I'll be back, you know. Yeah. And, and it's like, great, you know. That's and then you then you've opened up the the the, the Firestorm mythos. Again, I watched that last episode as much as uh, the last time Firestorm appeared, as much as it was repetitive of the first time. Yeah, um, it was like I sat there again with my jaw dropping, just thinking like when I was first reading Firestorm comics and loving that book. That was a character I said to myself, will never, 
never make it to TV or movies. Just to and then he showed it to and, shoot. Shoot, and he showed it no it just he's just, yeah he's too complex to shoot that he made it into Super Friends and was like okay well he made it to Super Friends that's as far as Firestorm's ever gonna go he's gonna be one of my obscure yeah. characters and then that I'm watching that and I'm going yeah that's probably what he'd look like in the real world yep yep I'm okay with that yep. and there's your Jeff Johns influence and that's why no that, absolutely and that's the strength of Jeff Johns absolutely that's why that symbol on his shirt works that way yeah and, you know. when Jeff Johns is good he's very very good. And when he's bad. And when he's bad, he's, um, there's Let's been move some on. bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, Supergirl has put out a casting call for a super boy. So they're going to tie some, this is their way around the Man of Steel issue, I guess, just in case that there's still a lock on, there'd be flashbacks that they may actually show. Okay. As I said, if you watch Supergirl, it feels like it's much more tied into the Christopher Reeve version of Superman. Um, and they had to delay. I think last week was supposed to be the episode that introduced Red Tornado, but they had to delay it because it was a terrorist plot. And after Paris, uh-huh. they okay. said no, it'd be wrong to show it this soon. But um, but that they're going to have flashbacks to a thirteen-year-old Superboy. Okay. Now I don't know if he's going to be, you know, if, if he'll be in costume or if it's just Clark Kent growing. Would you want a flashback to a comic? You know, what surprised me two weeks ago? Best comic book. Uh, was uh, Max Landis's Superman American Alien. Oh, yeah. I wanted to hate that book. I hate-bought it. Yeah. And it was a magnificent story of eight-year-old Clark learning to fly with Jonathan helping him. And it, and it straddled the Glenn Ford version, the John Schneider version, okay. and the Kevin Costner version. It's still my read pile. You could see the cynicism that Man of Steel put in there, but the Jonathan Kent we love wins you know that character that that character Uh side so i was really impressed with that book but anyway so they're gonna go back there uh kevin bacon announced he's executive producing and starring in a tremors as his original character from the first one i am i am absurdly excited about this i have not seen anything tremors related since the first one which i loved and when i realized that kevin bacon wasn't in it there was no point although i'll grant you in the first tremors Fred Ward has the line that is stuck in my head for a couple decades now. We left town one damn day too late. (laughs) 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 It's, and I would love to see Fred Ward show back up just for a little bit, but, but it is, you know, it was funny because I guess I was reading an article on it and how Kevin Bacon said, like, he was so embarrassed. I'm in a giant worm movie. And it's like, and that's a movie everybody loves because that's, that's one great I, movie. I have to say, I realized when I saw when I saw the announcement for this, I'm going, you know, I think I've seen everything <laughs> Tremors related. Isn't there a new Netflix? They just did a Tremors five. I, it was released I, I on think Netflix. So, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, and uh, John Carpenter has announced that he is uh, creating four television series. Hmm. This could be good or bad. We don't know because yeah. Carpenter could be good or bad, but. There it is. I'm just throwing it out there. There's excitement. Who knows what it will be? Didn't he do that? He, he did the vampire um, hunters thing. Um, yeah, vampires. Day, daylight or something? No, no. vampires. Was, was it, it called, called vampires? vampires? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's um, what was the other one? Uh, and he was involved in Masters of Horror, the okay. uh, Showtime. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So that's all the news we have for this week. We're going to wrap this up. Hope we you found the gift guide. Uh, Useful. useful and uh and links will be on the fanboy planet site so that's you right um if, if you browse those 
So thank you for listening. Once again, I want to thank Sal Pizarro for sitting in tonight. Um, thank you for having I'm, I'm me. Sure, uh, I'm sure you'll be excited for me to say, you know, hey, anytime, Sal. Uh, you know, we don't have to wait till it's James Bond themed. You can, I don't have to wait for another three years. You can. Uh, it's only, it's only three months. months. <laughs> <laughs> well, if someone. Well, till the next movie comes out. If someone would answer his tweets or his, you know, I, I you know, yeah, I, I've sent a couple out there. Anyway, uh, so, uh, of course, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And, of course, uh, I forgot to say all this up front about iTunes and you subscribe, tell your friends, rate us on iTunes and Stitcher app. And you can find us at www. You don't have to be www anymore at fanboyplanet.com. The most important thing I just think is tell your friends and rate us. Tell your friends and rate us. And then, of course, we'll have Amazon links to our gift guide. And you can also, if, you, if you're extra, extra uh, feeling generous and want to give a little uh, – there's a PayPal app. You can certainly donate a little to help pay for hosting of the Fanboy Planet podcast and the Fanboy Planet website with plenty of articles and pictures this week, including a review of, we didn't talk about it, but there it is, the, you know, the good dinosaur from Disney Pixar. So my thoughts are there on uh, oh, Fanboy Planet. to the first episode of The Expanse. Yes. I can't believe that whole episode showed up. I was blown away. So there we go. We've got, we're hosting the entire episode. Well, YouTube is, but we're hosting it. Um, and, you know, and there's also a link to buy the first three novels in a box set. So pick that up. And uh, till next time, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Sal Pizarro of the San Jose Mercury News. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Scary, right? Funny, anything it was shooting for. But that guy—they're trying to make it seem contemporary. Yeah, yeah. That guy, they're—they're. They're, every time I see him, I just see Moriarty. No, absolutely, because Inspector, I saw Moriarty. Inspector. Inspector, as soon as he showed up, I'm like, well, he's the big traitor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was no question. Exactly. Well, and people were saying that for months. Yeah. And that wasn't the only thing people were saying for months. I know, but and save that's, that. That's the way okay. I've got. That's the way I've got it written down. Is we're gonna because. It's been a while. It's been, what, three weeks since Spectre opened? So we're going to – why we have you on is to talk about a larger movie issue, but Spectre-focused is the non-twist twist. Test, The test, one where test, everybody test, says test. is this, and then yeah, – we and knew then, that was blow. Hang on. I need right. to hear if I'm over-modulating or not, and it's harder for me because I'm hearing myself, too. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound like I am. I turned oh, myself down a little bit. Yeah. Good. It's hard on us. We have to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm not here to make your job easy. I know. Okay. I mean, on this earth. <laughs> I know. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, comics, movies, TV. 
yeah, yeah, gift guide for before, oh, I, put, I put when, because when there's top stories. There's small, two top stories. Smaller text. There's yeah, you're right. I didn't do it in cap. Sorry. Is we open with the Spectre top story and then we do gift guide because right. then again, why people would listen over you know than what we like to talk about. So all right, no, because I know they drop off. I, no, I know I, they do. My mind's in a different place. I'm trying to think of the introduction for you. Okay. You don't have to. You don't just. Yeah. Just, just let it happen. No. Yeah. It was my least favorite part. Favorite part th- thing that, that Lon started doing. Okay. So it's all right. Was coming up with with clever, clever. lawn introductions. Yeah, no. I mine are never usually. It's like I'm not going to say <laughs> you're, you're never clever. <laughs> no. No. They're not. They're not. They're not attempts at being. You know. It's like. Yeah, all right. I, mine is like the man of the your man of the year. Oh, all right. And if yeah. if I was lawn, I'd say you're a Thanksgiving turkey. Yes, <laughs> Derek exactly. McCaw. You know. Um, so now I've got to get That's that true. out of my head and think. Gobble gobble. Let's see. Cuckoo, uh, cuckoo, James. That was so dumb. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, no, no. I we, I have a larger. You know, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. attack. There's okay. an article I meant to write and didn't have time to. I just feel so much more forgiving of everything these days than. No, no, no. I don't the, get me wrong. I enjoyed internet, it, but you know? I completely understand why everybody right. was. You know, and that's why I say it's an issue. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Good. You just gave me a topped out uh, take, so I was able to adjust your microphone. Good. Excellent. In three, two, one. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Pop. Plural. Plural. Remember, we're inclusive of everyone. Oh, damn it. By, by actual audience request. And Take you guys two. Did this the last time I was here, too. He did fanboy. And, and he gets stuck in a loop. It. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's you. You triggered something. It's maybe like, this is the last year, time I was here. Eight years of doing it. <laughs> we haven't really done a podcast in a while. This, this was an intervention for Rick. We thought that if you, you could relive the trauma. Uh, <laughs> if this is an intervention, I need a beer. <laughs> Coming later. Take two. Listen up, fanboy. It's the fanboy. You did it again. Yeah. Okay. Where well, there's too much discussion between what I was supposed to do. Right. Take <laughs> take three. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here he is, the man for whom we give thanks, Derek McCaw. You pronounced it with a Z. McCaw. It's usually silent, but it's there. Uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting the night before Thanksgiving. Biggest party night of the year. Is it? It is. And uh, till next time, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Sal Pizarro, the San Jose Mercury News. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Okay. You can join in on that part. Of I, it. I could if I could remember. Uh, we should write it out for you at the beginning. You can't even remember, hello, fanboys. or Oh, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> I got to call my mom back real quick. and then I'll... I'm a creature of habit. <laughs>